Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to the top five of death. Where listeners vote and everyone dies. Listen and die. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the top five of death. I paused for a second because I think I, I, I wish I did something else. I wanted to do it in, uh, <laughs> I wanted to do it in, um, like the way our episode's namesake would do it. I'm going to try to give a, uh, yeah, right. do, oh, do take, it again, take it but again. don't, don't re-record. I'm not going to re-record. I'm good, not, good, I'm not good. a coward. There you go. All well, right. You are, but, uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I went I went to go do it and I did that thing where it's like I start to smile and laugh and there's no way I'm going to be able to go oh hell yeah abandon uh, all hope then yeah so yeah it's a uh, it, we're doing a show we're doing a show uh, this week we're joined by uh, from Wrestling Soup and uh, back again from a very uh, audience splitting episode Joey Numbers <laughs> did I really have, did I really split the audience some, that much some people liked it a lot other yeah, yeah. other people said to never have you back. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Actually, I think. Where, the, where I think were the, they telling you that? Were they saying that on Patreon? Were they angry? No, this no. They they sent that on the on the Facebook page. They, well, <laughs> so, some people were. Um, were they privately messaging you? No, angry? no. It's, no, they didn't even. No, they, they'll put it out there. What yeah, was the episode oh, again? Um, because I remember I was like, oh, I wish I was oh, on that one. Things we um lies yeah. we were told as a kid. That we wish were true. Yeah. That we wish we tr- wish wish were true. You know, yeah. you know, it, it was a uh, the criticism was there was too much there was too much talking from from us and but other people really liked it so it's whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. Like people are like, oh man, you guys are talking too much. Yeah, it's almost like it's a podcast or something. I <laughs> yeah, don't, it's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I tuned. I personally tuned in for the awkward silence. That's what I wanted to hear. Is, <laughs> well, that's why was, I'm on the show. <laughs> You're like, that's no, no, Fro. Can you do us a favor? Let's make those people happy. Let's just all sit here in silence for a five beat and just uh, send that. There, random. there no. are several people who would love it if I just shut up. Well, that's it. Well, who? you know, who would who? love it? Ah, I can't name names. You can't um, name names. I can't. I don't call people out on this show. No you way. Absolutely can. Tell them to go fight, dude. This is the Stone Cold Steve Austin show. You're not going to cut a promo on somebody if they <laughs> That's true. act like an asshole to you. This is the right time to do such a thing. I would never say anything bad about anybody on the show. What? Ooh. Who are you? What do you mean? What's who am I? On? Yeah. Did something happen? Did you have like a revelation? Did you find? I'm a Jesus? face. I'm a face now. Oh. Did you have? A, did you get hit I'm a straight with straight baby uh, fist? Did you have a brain injury like Perry Saturn? Now you're going to start carrying a mop to the podcast? I've had this brain injury for a while now. <laughs> he had the brain injury when he did a space monkey at our our Medford house. Yeah, really. So do Big you think time. you got you think you got a little bit of the CTE on you? Just uh, maybe. I'm just not as sharp as I was then. I wasn't even that sharp. I was like a pair of like kindergartner scissors then, but now I'm like a fucking popsicle stick. I'm not did, sharp did at you all. Ever, did you ever think that there's probably kids? Or now, well, now they're grown ass men in their thirties. But do you ever think there's people walking around from like that whole mosh scene in the two thousands that just got punched in the fucking head and face all the time? Oh, they big got a time little punch bit drunk. Of, got got a little bit of that sniffy doodle. Can't fucking you know can't taste colors and stuff like that. 
CTE going on. It's definitely happening. Oh, big time. There's like the people that went to terror shows and fucking Marauder and stuff like that. Like they're definitely getting the fucking, they've had brain injuries at those shows. Oh, 100%. No I've been knocked out at a show before, so I definitely probably have some uh, repercussions from it. Yeah. That's I why mean, I don't was, do it anymore. It was definitely worth it for you to get that hard mosh in for as I lay dying, I'm sure. What? Oh, big time. What? <laughs> what? As I lay dying? What? Kill switch engage? What? Um, some other metalcore band that's not popular anymore? What? <laughs> this is gonna be Acacia, fun. Acacia strain? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, What's yeah. that, Stone Cold? What? 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 No, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> then, uh, okay. If you couldn't tell by now, we've we've dropped some wrestling references and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this episode is episode three sixteen. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Stone Cold. How are you? <laughs> Thank good. you for joining us. Yeah. Are you having a good day? Honestly, I'm having a pretty bad day, Stone Cold. You're gonna ask me some questions. If you want me to, I can. All right, I'll I'll ask you one, Stone Cold. What size shoe do you wear? No, that's not what I'm here to do. Oh, okay. Oh, I could have oh, swore okay. I was interviewing you. Uh, uh, Stone Cold, what are your feelings about the futility of life and how this is kind of just all a meaningless concerted effort and a and kind of just like a water slide into a heart attack or cancer? What do you what? What do you? Uh, I'm sorry, Stone Cold. I didn't mean to get dark on you or anything. No, like go ahead. That. Okay, uh, so Stone Cold, let me ask you a little something, something. When you were a young lad, okay, did you ever experience any sort of uh, abuse? Because, I mean, you're such an angry person. He almost had to quit. You almost had, <laughs> you almost had to quit? Uh, he almost had to quit. Oh, he almost had to quit. Okay, Look at so man right in the eye, face to face. Is this your father, Stone Cold? You and your father had a bad relationship? Is that kind what? of what you're getting? You and your father, Stone Cold. What? Your father. No, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Your father, Stone what? Cold. I'm ask do you have Stone Cold, I'm asking you about your relationship with your father. Was Michael. it any good Mike oh your father's name was Michael. Michael. Okay, so Michael Austin. Michael Michael Austin. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> was Michael also called like a stone, Steve? You can you can be honest with us now. Michael. Tonight. Michael tonight, you sh you know what? You should give Michael a call tonight and talk with him about your feelings. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Good. I feel like we've made progress, Steve. <laughs> I feel like we had a breakthrough here, guys. I think I helped Stone Cold Steve Austin out. You sure? You sure did. You're a, you're such a good listener, and and you know you helped out a, a troubled boy. Right, right. Well, don't worry. We'll we'll be talking about wrestling. I won't make people think too deeply, so they'll get angry and write <laughs> angry Facebook comments towards us. You don't want to do that. Uh, no, too painful, painful. No. So obviously, Joey is from uh, a wrestling podcast. Wrestling is his uh, his forte, as, as well as many other things. And his niche. that's his gimmick. His, yeah, yeah, it's his gimmick. It's his bit. It's my bread and butter. For what's butter. your gimmick? Uh, apparently, America's bad boy. Bad boy. Ooh. Well, that used to be the case, but now I'm a baby face. So America's baby face. Oh, you you turned you turned on the show. I turned. What did you what did, now? What things did you do to make yourself more endearing to the fans? You've had to. I, you've had to. It's more than just coming out and smiling and slapping hands. All right. 
This isn't 1985, okay? You no, I'm I'm still a classic black wrestler. I dance and I smile. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's yeah, a good one. That's it. Smiling black guy. Oh man, like a Coco Beware style. I'm or? I'm very much in the in the anal's of Coco <laughs> Beware. Anal's. Uh, oh. Yeah, dude. Uh, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, no, New you Day. have way more personality than Shelton Benjamin. Give yourself love, some credit, dude. I love Shelton Benjamin. Um, let's see, New Day. Uh, let's see, other black people. How can I name Who more cares? black wrestlers right now than you could right now? That's really. I, I'm not how saying can you? like yeah. How can you get it? Uh, no, it's, no. I'm not saying I shouldn't. I'm not saying because. I'm just saying it just seems like people probably ask you that shit all the time. Like, they expect you, like, they're like, huh, is that guy your favorite? Because, uh, you know? Yeah, dude, Kamala. Oh, Kamala's a good guy, dude. I worked with Kamala a couple shows. He was Not nice. Not anymore. Not anymore, but no, it was, you know, he was, uh, it was sad to have, to, to see him have to go through that shit. Really is. Yeah, no, I'm actually, I watched a video about Kamala, and it actually kind of depressed me a bit. He'll, he'll be on the dark side of the ring show eventually. That's yeah, pretty much, yeah, I mean, he's like fourth season. You know, third episode, which matters because he's a black it? guy. Well, no, it's because he the guy lost his fucking legs. <laughs> guy has yeah, no he, legs. He fucking Lieutenant Dan himself. Well, no, he was. Uh, all right, so Kamala is a great story because he's a guy that he went through and he worked with all of those big big stars. Like I shouldn't say it's a great story; it's actually a really fucking sad story. Where oh yeah, you know he didn't get paid. Yeah, he didn't get paid because because he was just like. I'm just happy to be here. It's like, nah, dude, you need to go and ask for your money. And Classic like, even, Mr. Bojangles. Well, it was also a matter of like, he just, he didn't have that, you know, politicking. It was bad enough that like, I actually read Kamala's book and he'd said, you know, people fucking hate Hulk Hogan and they say he's a bad guy, but he was one of the only people to come to me and just say, you know, you need to go to Vince and say, can I get some goddamn money here? This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Isn't that weird? Like, well, no, that's, that's when you, it's, it's funny because you have to, you have to listen to like shoot interviews and, uh, see some of these guys, you know, uh, it, you know, not just shoot interviews, but like books and everything because they get into this stuff because yeah. they'll, they'll be like, Oh, you think this person was awful? Oh, well, no, they were great to me. I don't know what to, I haven't read a good wrestling book in a while. I used to read them a, a lot, but, uh, Fro, I have a, uh, so since you have like a wrestling gimmick as a face, I have I have new music for you if you'd like to. Oh to yeah, I do. I want to hear it. Oh yeah, you gotta have a music change. All right. So, uh, what's your what's your wrestling name? My wrestling name, uh, Abba Zabba. Abba Zabba. Oh, yeah. And, and where do you hail from? Uh, the me the the dark streets of wherever. Z- Zabba 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 Town. Is that where you'd be from? Yeah. The mean the the mean streets of Zabba Town. You should probably have some sort of uh, name before Abba Zabba, like uh, Dr. Abba Zabba, Mr. Ooh, okay. Abba Zabba, or like uh, Abba Zabba Esquire, something like that. You need a, you need something. Sir, Sir Abba Zabba. Sir Abba Zabba? Sir Abba Zabba. Okay. All right. So uh, from the mean streets of Abba Zabba. <laughs> from the mean, yeah, I'm the mayor of Abba Zabba. Z- I'm Zabba. Mayor Abba Zabba. That's what it is. Mayor Abba Zabba. <laughs> mayor Abba Zabba from Zabba. I- Z- Zabatown, USA. I go. yeah, I I founded the town and I became the mayor as well. <laughs> All right, <laughs> comes out a, wearing a monocle. It's <laughs> a hell of a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, so, making his way to the ring from Zabatown, USA, 
Mayor Abba Zabba. Yeah, shook. Top of the morning to you, Jam. Oh, you know this show is a good ditty right here. Max is gonna love us. Mm-hmm. I'm, no, waving. I'm hungry. What should we eat? I'm Some shaking the kids' hands. Watermelon. Oh, yeah. Good God, Matt. Eat that watermelon. Eat that watermelon. Eat that watermelon. Show is good. Jesus Christ. What do you wear when you come yeah. down? What am I wearing? No shoes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly no shoes. The mayor has no shoes. Mayor has no shoes. I have because that's how much he's giving to the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even buy shoes. He's that all that money is for his people and citizens. Overalls, one strap is broken. Oh, I have a I have a top hat, but the top part has like broken open, so it's like flopping the top part. (laughs) And I have a uh, I have a, a fucking Two of clubs card in the front part. Why the two of clubs? I don't know. No, what you should have is with the top hat is it should have no top, right? And then when you put it down in front of someone, then you tell them to look through it, and then you punch them through the top hat. (laughs) That's my finisher. That's my finisher is that. I I, I hold. they fall for it every time. Every time. And I put my... what you got oh, over there, Mayor Abba Oh, I just got my top hat over here. Why don't you, go, why don't you go take a look in there? You just punch him right through. <laughs> punch him in the face, one knockout punch, and then I put my my ashy bare ass foot. barefoot <laughs> right on their chest, and then I leave a footprint behind. Oh, uh, that's not very baby face-like, though. Well, yeah, cool. but it, yeah, come on. That's like King Kong Bundy right there. You know, he's asking for the five count. Yeah, the, I guess so. You got to oh. come up with something more big. Well, okay, then I punch them in the face, and then I lay down, and then pull them on top of me, and I let them. Run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving back. Here comes your, uh, here comes your opponent. Uh oh. Uh oh. Heel doink had good music. Oh shit! Hell yeah! And then he has that. That uh, prosthetic arm that he would beat people with. Yeah, I think he only did it one time though. Oh, it's me, cultural appropriation, the clown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear a top hat too. <laughs> hey, he can't do that. That's Abbas King. <laughs> That's no. it. I'm, I'm gonna get overalls and wear one strap as well. It's me, cultural appropriation, the clown. And then I don't I don't know what to do in the situation because somebody's stealing my happy go lucky gimmick, and then uh, that's when I that's when I turn. There's and nothing I, you can do about it, Abba Zabba. I own the media and the internet. <laughs> don't worry, then, here it's a triple threat match. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> here it comes to make everyone feel bad. <laughs> Dude, Tatanka's music fucking rules. Oh, those rips. Oh, we got to do top five wrestling themes. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're also like 15 <laughs> minutes into this episode. We haven't even like, we, we've done one stone cold bit and we haven't talked shit about his life at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's fucking, let's do this. All right, we're doing top five stone cold moments because this is episode 316 and we're going to just launch right into it. I have to, I have to oh, start putting yeah. the show on rails. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. fine. What are, right, what are rails? Uh, well, well, I'll, I'll show you where they are as we go. Uh, for a what? Do you want to start us off, or 
Yeah, I can start us off. Actually, uh, that's a that's a great thing to do. Have uh, me start off. All right, go ahead, bro. Number uh, five. So my number five Stone Cold Steve Austin moment is actually after his career, and it's when he was the uh, host, coach of Tough Enough. And the <laughs> specific moment that I have in my mind is when he's doing the elimination of three of the uh, possible wrestlers, and one of them happens to be Cameron, uh, who ends up becoming the Funkadactyl uh, in the company with Brodus Clay, he rips her apart because he asks her, what's your favorite match? And she goes, Melina versus Alicia Fox. And Stone Cold, I remember watching this live, he just goes, he puts his hands up and he balls his hands into a fist like he's going to fucking wallop her in the face. And then he takes a fucking breath for a second, tries to relax, looks at her again, extends both his hands out and goes, who? <laughs> and he was so bullshit. That this is she such had a the, good one, dude. This is such right? a good I, one. I loved this fucking moment. And this Tough Enough season, I think, was a little underappreciated because it was shit, but it is actually very entertaining to watch. Um, but he fucking is so mad at her for just naming two fucking random women wrestlers. <laughs> and then he asks her, out of out of all the matches that's ever happened in wrestling, this is your favorite one. I have a clip. Oh, good. What's your favorite match? My favorite match was with Melina and Alicia Fox. <laughs> Who? <laughs> and that's it. I found a longer clip. It's on Daily Motion, and it's a pain in the ass to kind of get through it. But he oh. asked her, who, who, out of all the matches in the world, that's your favorite match. Name something else. Then she goes, "Well, I'm I'm new to this, so it's like, oh. and he's like, you know, this is a new passion for me." And he was like, "You piece of trash! This is a new passion for you." And he doesn't he doesn't really go that far, but he's just so fucking livid that this fucking lady who comes in doesn't know shit, and Melina and Alicia Fox is her favorite match. Just seeing Stone Cold exasperated at this response was very nice because if I ever watched him do that reaction and as Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring, it would be very out of character to just be dumbfounded by something. Well, what made that funny to me too is because I remember watching that and getting such a good laugh out of it. But then I realized you want to just at the same point be like, yeah, Stone Cold, take this up with the fucking company you work for. Like they're the right. ones that are picking these people and putting them on. That's their, you know, this this dopey girl. Yeah, that's embarrassing as fuck. But these are the same people that are like, well, uh, she's pretty hot, so um, yeah, fuck it. Let's see right. what happens. You know, like they that that was one of the things about it too that was so great because not only does he shit on that girl, but also he really exposes just how ridiculous this company is for even letting this girl be on TV. I mean, he's still like that though because he runs his podcast and he's still fucking. Obviously, respects the business and hates the way that most of that stuff is probably done. Oh yeah, he's not he's not a yes man. Anyone that's for the WWE does, yeah, right. Uh, But it was very it was very entertaining to watch him fucking be so upset. What does this opportunity here at Tough Enough mean to you? This opportunity means everything to me. I've given up. Sorry. Three, three, three ships at Hooters. She starts crying. Oh, I want to find yeah. out what the, tough, the, the match thing. Oh, it's uh, are you on the Daily Motion one? Yeah. Uh, uh, go to like 1044. Oh, I would have been way the fuck off. 
All right, here we go. Like I said, this is something that I've just, that I'm new to. Any other favorite matches that I should know about? <laughs> sorry, I can't name any. You know how many times I told Vince McMahon I'm sorry? None. Uh-oh. <laughs> Give me this opportunity and I will show you. I can See, look. that's the thing. <laughs> I ain't given nothing. music. I feel like I'm watching It Follows. He's pacing around the ring. He's very... very upset. <laughs> right? Who put this music to this? Synthwave. That's probably, uh... What's his name from Nine Inch Nails? Trent Reznor. Oh. Based on what I've seen. Why does he tear into her? Uh, he it doesn't seems like he's way more calm about it. You know what he really wants. He's he's being very nice there. He's that's actually about as nice as he could be. All you right. know he wants to be like, what the fuck is fucking wrong with you? Oh, he You're wants to be like an idiot. He wants to call her a piece of trash and fucking swear and get out of my ring and probably stun her. But he obviously can't. No, no. only because she yeah. doesn't know how to take the bump yet. That's true. <laughs> she has. She doesn't know how to run the ropes. <laughs> Don't worry, Kelly Kelly didn't either, and she was on TV yeah. for ten years. I know, so. and she came back, and she still couldn't. <laughs> oh, uh, but good. yeah, so that's my number five, is uh, Stone Cold ripping into Cameron from the Funkadactyls on Tough Enough. Dude, that uh, was such a good one. That good really one. was fucking great. My uh, Joey. Number- oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 I'll go. go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I'm in my head, Fro, you're sitting to the right of me, so. Okay. I, in my head, Joey's to my left for some reason. <laughs> uh, okay, so... My number five, and this might be on other people's lists. I think we very well will have a couple duplicates, but my number five, I'm just coming right out the gate, is the moment that he gave his King of the Ring winning Ugh, promo. You fucking asshole. What is that? What's that? That's my number one. That's, all right. Well, then take uh, it away. I knew this was going to happen, but this is my number five. Is it on your my, list? That's my number two. So Ooh. Yeah. That's so, fine. No, you can leave it on there. We'll just, you know, talk about it. It's actually good because it will Make squash sh- the episode down a bit. Right. So um, pretty much, Joey, what happens is if we each have the same thing on our list, the person who has it ranked the highest uh, speaks about it first. So Fro has it as his number one. So do you want to um, actually, what do you want to hear it first? I got it right here. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that's actually perfect. Prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. (laughs) (laughs) Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> talk about your psalms talk about John 316 Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass and that was it uh, this is a bit then, more but yes that is that is that's it so the the birth of Austin 316 <clears throat> this is my number one for the wrestling promos um, I it is just a fucking moment that changed things I think big time in wrestling. Uh, obviously, he was on his his rise, but that was the fucking part that cemented him in the annals of wrestling. 
which puts him on, honestly for me like the forefront of the wrestling uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, he's a Mount. Yeah, I was gonna just say he's a Mount Rushmore wrestler. Big time Mount Rushmore. Um, I mean, I'm almost fucking willing to give him two spots on there, uh, just cause. <laughs> <clears throat> but like this, just this, it had such a fucking fierceness to it. It had such a an actual edge to it that felt legit. Uh, that just made it. You kind of get shivers when you hear it. Him trashing fucking personal stuff about Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, the religion aspect. Obviously, you didn't hear that much. And him ripping him apart for it is just like on a different level. And I don't know how much he, you know, worked this promo in the back, like, or if it was all just like off the top of his head. If it's off the top of his head, awesome. Fantastic job. I mean, even if it was written beforehand, still great because it just, it created a fucking. Uh, it created a uh, an icon throughout, you know, everything. It's a it's a pop culture icon, and you know, people use the three sixteen thing for more than just uh Austin three sixteen. They'll parody it with anything else, like Blaze four twenty, dude. <laughs> yeah, shit well, like this, that. Well, no, this has to be high on anybody's list. Not even just as far as talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin, but wrestling in general. Oh, big time. Just, just because of the fact, and you can remove everything from this. Is this a great promo? Yes. Is it uh, the birth of one of the the best people to ever fucking do it as far as an in-ring performer and speaker? Yes. But just when you stop and look at it from the viewpoint of somebody that is either involved or around wrestling, and you think about the amount of money that was made just through that 30 seconds of one guy talking. That printed millions of dollars. Millions of millions of dollars for many people. This wasn't just, you know, uh, you know, Bret Hart came out and he goes, I'm the best there is, the best there was, and best there ever will be. And people will remember that. And mm-hmm. Bret Hart made a lot of fucking money off that. Vince made some money off of it as well. But Austin 316 made everybody money. Independent mm-hmm. wrestlers made money off Austin 316. People that made t-shirts made money off Austin 316. Every wrestler in that locker room at that time owns a home if they lived through the 90s, but they own a <laughs> home because of Austin fucking 316. That's one of the things that makes it. And the only reason why I didn't put it at number one is because to me, number one was such a moment in wrestling that in that time that basically put WWE ahead of or WWF ahead of all the competition. That's why I picked over it. But no, that was just such a a moment in wrestling that, like I said, if you look at it, you can take all of the extraneous factors. You can take, like I said, all the great promos, all of all everything there. And you put it down to just the fact that the amount of money and the amount of wrestlings like that that was it that was the right. absolute nucleus of the wrestling boom oh and, my god yeah and and all i can say is that you know it, it you hear that and then you realize how heartbreaking it is to turn on the tv on monday and then you sit there and there's drew mcintyre and he's like you know what makes me angriest is when people come to the ring and they don't respect me and i don't <laughs> like when you don't respect me it's not nice. You're like, oh, <laughs> fucking shut up, yeah, dude. So, you l- suck. Let me jump off of that um, because that's, that's kind of 
the reason why that's kind of my favorite thing about this promo and to both of your points so both fro and your point uh he this promo or him in general but this promo in particular it doesn't sound like a wrestler performing a promo it sounds like a tough guy who just beat the shit out of somebody like it genuinely comes across as authentic and i think that is very much a thing that is missing from wrestling promos today just like you said every wrestling promo nowadays sounds like a wrestler doing what they think is a wrestling promo that's the thing like mick foley didn't do that stone cold didn't do that the rock you know the rock didn't really do that they all even the rock a bigger character in the way he spoke even he came across as authentic and it's like that's the way he talks all the time and it's like <laughs> i mean it, it pretty much is it really kind of is but that doesn't happen anymore or at least it, it rarely does or if people do have that ability it it's not presented well you got a few guys who can still do it but overall not like that not really not yeah, really but, well no i mean the reason why it's not you're not going to get these guys like this not it's mostly because they're not allowed to well where, yeah they don't let these guys go out and talk like that. But it's also a matter now is you have to think like when you people even talk about today's guys that are good promos where they're like, oh, Dean Ambrose is a great promo. It's like Dean Ambrose is also 20, what, 23 years removed from the business when people would grow up and be able to do this type of stuff and talk like this. Not only that, they're, they're, they're just not allowed to reference anything farther than what happened fucking three days ago. Yeah. So. Right. You're not allowed to kind of go out there and speak like this and to have that sort of voice and conviction. Also, just the fact that so many of the people that are writers for wrestlers now, when you listen to the writing, it's not so much so about, oh, let's do something that sounds passionate and sounds real as much as it is like narrating to a group of people that supposedly don't know what's happening. So instead of coming out and talking to you like, oh, guys, I know you watched last, you know, I saw, I know you guys lost, uh, you know, watched the show last week and so-and-so came out here, pulled that, you know, shit, I fucking, I'm going to kick his ass, blah, blah, blah. They come out and they're like, four score and seven years ago, there was a thing in which happened. And that's kind of started with Cena, where if you go back and watch like those 10 years of Raw, where mm -hmm. Cena would come out and start every show, and it was like story time with Cena, where he'd right. be like, and then last at the last pay-per-view, Randy Orton came out, and he was like, I'm a snake. And I said, no, you're not a snake. And like, lick his <laughs> finger, turn the page, you know, like, and I said, after that, then I gave him a big F you. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, an attitude adjustment. Like, it's just, it's shit now. It's just so shitty compared to it when you hear stuff like that. It's even more glaring. So you do have some guys that are able to pull some shit off, like not not on WWE TV. Not not on no, WWE not so much. Yeah, no, on TV usually not. Usually a lot of that stuff is saved for like when Vince isn't watching. When they do like these weird like WWE.com exclusives that nobody sees. Yeah, they have to hide it. <laughs> right. Like what was the, what were the after shows? Uh, Oh, talking smack. Yeah. yeah, like that. Honestly, that Miz promo was fucking awesome. Oh, when he called out Daniel Bryan. Yeah. That was brutal. And, it was, and that's the thing is like, that was him. It wasn't some, some fucking asshole, you know, named like Mike fucking Cox who works in the back and he's one of the writers and he, he's like, here, here's all the bullet points I need you to talk, talk about. And uh, that's it. No, it was him being like, I know exactly how 
I'm going to garner heat and I'm going to shit on you. Well, you know, I still think to this day, if he didn't use the name uh, Miz, he would have been more successful. Still to this, because you just you hear it. And, you know, well, right, right now we're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. If I'm talking, Brett the Hitman Hart, The Undertaker, these fucking dark brooding names. And then it's just like, who are you? And you're like, I am the Miz. It's like, oh, wow, that, that really doesn't have much impact, right? Yeah, yeah but you probably would have got a dumber names. name. Have you ever seen a Miz in real life, Joey? <laughs> a Miz in its native, uh, <laughs> native yeah. territory. You wouldn't be saying that if you saw one in real life. You know, if you were walking out of a grocery store and a Miz came at you, you wouldn't even know how to act. Sounds yeah. like a sounds like a slur, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> it you don't, does. You don't want to go. You don't guys want to go and go there anymore. Why? A lot of Mizzes hanging around there. You're like, <laughs> not dude, them. Are you in, yeah, not the Mizzes. I'm not going there. I heard they don't wear socks. <laughs> I must be Just, a Miz because I'm presently not wearing socks. Uh, well, neither am I, so I guess I, you know what I guess there's a little Miz in all of us, huh? <laughs> Not Matt. Matt's always wearing socks. That's true. I'm I'm fully dressed. I always wear jeans. I always wear shoes and socks, and I'm always fully dressed. You're a, I haven't you're been like fucking a, fully uh, dressed nude. in months. I every day I wake up, <laughs> but as soon as I'm ready, I I put on jeans and and clothes. I at the at the end of the day, I don't change. I just wear what I was wearing. If I do change, I might put on other jeans. <laughs> Uh, see, I think people, I think people should own homes for the specific reason of not having to wear clothes. I think that's an important part of owning a home. I hate, I hate not having my clothes on. You're not even, you don't even Such do a like fucking weirdo. You're not even just like walking around like gym shorts or something like that. Something comfortable? Or? No, I'm comfortable in this. I don't like. Uh, I'll wear like sweatpants very, very rarely, and so and every, and a lot of times when I do, I go, hmm, these are pretty nice. But I hate the idea of like uh, I hate going outside in sweatpants. I hate going outside in like gym shorts unless I'm like going to do exercise. I just hate it. I hate. I just hate it. Are you going is, outside today? Me, yeah. What yeah. is it that bothers you about it? Do you feel like you're being judged by wearing the? No, I, it's, it's not a judge thing. I don't know why. I, just, I feel like I'm not ready for something. This is the problem. Matt, <laughs> Matt is a Matt is an actual basket case on for a lot of things. Yeah, this is one of them. I feel like I'm not ready. If like. If I had to pick up and go and I was in anything but the clothes, I like, I'd, if I didn't have shoes on or jeans, then I have to go put them on and I don't want to deal with that. I just want to be like, all right, let's go. I just like the idea that you're just thinking you're going to be walking around and just at some point someone's going to be like, hey, hello, sir. I'd like to offer you this, give you this amazing business opportunity. And they look down and see you wearing sweatpants. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I can't trust this guy. Look at this fucking guy. Wearing bread bags on my feet. <laughs> no shoes is the way to go. Isn't that right? No, we've already that. had that discussion. Uh, no, uh, yeah. So, anyways, all three of us. Um, oh, my, num- wait, my number five. I didn't even do my number yeah. five. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, but all three of us had uh, that moment. Austin yeah, three sixteen. That's that has to make it. You know what I mean? Of course, absolutely. That's, uh, that's but yeah. So I think you're number five, Joey. All right. So my number five is is both. It's like a bittersweet moment in wrestling, and I say that because it was such a fucking great visual. But it also led to years of people just trying to copycat it and doing sillier, cheesier versions of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the Stone Cold Steve Austin beer bath on the corporation. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I remember that. It's not on my list, but I, I definitely remember it. Yeah. That was just such a – well, you have to, at that time, that was such a funny moment. And God damn it, Vince was just such a sniveling shit. And they were <laughs> so effective at making you hate 
all of these goddamn people. So just the fact that, you know, you knew at that point, and this is where wrestling hadn't gone off the rails, which I don't know if any of you guys have this on your list, but God help you if you do. Cause I, I was physically there for this and I hated every fucking second of it. But when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out and stunned every single member of the WCW and ECW fucking roster. And they, <laughs> and they all stood there like tops spinning around. Like me don't know what do like, right. I just hated that fucking moment so much. And this was one of those ones where it was a good version. Cause it's like, Hey, Stone Cold can't go down there and beat up 15 fucking people, but he sure as hell can go down there and humiliate them with a big fucking hose shooting beer at him. <laughs> right. And it was just so interact. It was so interactive and everybody was in on the joke. People got it. It wasn't a matter of where it was like forced, where it's, you know, uh, I, I keep bringing him up because he was such a, like a forced Stone Cold Steve Austin fucking carbon copy, but it was like, Dean Ambrose is spraying mustard on you. It's like, oh, whoa. <laughs> Dean Ambrose has mustard. Yucky. Like, yeah, he just, really did hit a Stone Cold kind of vibe yeah, he was for like great, a minute. Great value Stone Cold. That's what he became. It was awful. <laughs> But, uh, I have a question. Yeah. Um, him, I don't know if this was true or if it was deliberate, but was he supposed to hit the ring with the Zamboni or was that an accident? Oh, he probably. Uh, that's a different one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Zamboni. Oh, oh right, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. The Zamboni thing was also fucking great. That's, that was it. But that's what I'm like. Stone Cold was so great at creating those sort of over the top moments. But then people kind of came along and tried to do. They're still trying to come up with these things, and it just doesn't work that way because it's not him. It's not I think some, him. I think some people should be able to. Like, They just look way more produced, which I think kind of takes a lot of it out of it. Right. Like well, this, a- All this was like done real time. Any shit that he did backstage besides... Well, that might not have been him. I said, the limo blowing up. That wasn't Stone Cold. Um but all the backstage shit that he did, everything seemed like in the moment. Right. But everybody that tries to do the Stone Cold Steve Austin bullshit comes yeah. off so much worse. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the the against authority type of stuff. Yeah. It's it, it never pays off as well as. Well, here's a question. Time. Here's a question. In the current climate of what WWE does, right? Because obviously Austin was attitude error, WWE. Mm-hmm. Could anyone even. Could you even achieve that in this climate? Is there is there any way to emulate like the fuck you authority idea without it coming across as like a fucking joke? Uh, CM Punk was able to do it. I mean, I know that feels like a long time ago, but yeah. <laughs> it really was a long time ago. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I think this. I think CM Punk did it really well because it felt legit. He felt like a different person. He wasn't cookie cutter. Right. He didn't so, fit in there, and you knew it. Right, but he damn well everybody fucking wanted to see him and do that. I honestly think the obviously not as such a high level, but the Daniel Bryan uh, underdog kind of story I thought also was pretty good. Where like he obviously wasn't supposed to be the guy, but everybody fucking loved him when he they took over the WWE, uh, like the WWE. I thought that was almost it wasn't on the same level, but it felt believable. Yeah, it was one of the last, I think it will be for a long time, one of the last great organic moments that happened in wrestling. But what it took was a talent on the level of Daniel Bryan. Right. That's, you know what I mean? Like he is, he is at this point inarguably the best all around performer that they have in that company. 
And right. when people people bring up literally anybody else, I just go, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just they're not there. Nor should you kind of expect them to be there because this guy's been wrestling for over 20 years. Right. You know what I mean? So, but that's what I'm saying. When people are like, oh, he's, uh, you know, he's okay. But compared to, I'm like, who? Compared to who? Seth Rollins? Get the fuck out of here. Stop. You're crazy. That's not even, yeah. <laughs> Seth Rollins is like a, a villain in fucking like, uh, that, remember that show Recess? What was that? Remember that, that yeah. show yeah. with the, like the, the fat kid wearing the green jacket and shit? Like, you see that, you're like, these are just like kids show villains. Like, they're not, and same thing with like Baron Corbin, all those other guys. You're like, they're not scary. I'm these a Baron not- Corbin, Mark. I fucking love Baron Corbin. Uh, all right, guys, I'll see you later. <laughs> right. Oh, my connection dropped. I don't know where I went. I He's- fucking... I you, love what, him. What is it about him that brings you into him? Is it the uh, 50 cent wife beater that he wears? I don't, like I don't, I don't bra? particularly care. I don't particularly care for what his new gimmick is. I, I really, really enjoyed Baron Corbin in NXT. Um, you know, his bald, his hair, whatever, no big deal. I can yeah. is view it that. The fact that he looks like Popeye with lupus, like, what is it that really does? I, it for yeah, him? I don't know. I, I enjoyed his move set personally. That's it's, one of the big things. Yeah, the, all, all the power moves that come off awkward because he's lanky like a green bean. Yes. He's I enjoyed it. I enjoyed terrible. that he I enjoy that he pretty much was the he had the new move set of Big Boss Man. I like that they, they look like they dressed him out of a, a bin. Like it was just a bin of random props. That's what yes. I like about him. That's, like, oh, that's my take. I personally really liked him. I love the the deep six. Uh I love the sliding underneath the rope, uh coming back into the ring on the other side. It's a boss man spot. And I, I fucking love boss man, so I'm never going to see Bossman again, so I figure this will be a good fill. Hey, hey, you'll see Bossman again. <laughs> yeah, on the other Jesus. side. <laughs> um, no, that's a good. That's a good number five. That was definitely a a, a huge moment. For what's your uh, what's your number four? Uh, so my number four <clears throat> is one of the kind of segueing from what we were talked about. It is a uh out of the ring situation. And it is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin brawling with Booker T in the supermarket. <laughs> you love that. Oh, my God. Do I love it? <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, and this is one of those, you know, just randomly filmed thing. Booker T's in a supermarket. I don't remember the exact story behind it, but Booker T's in a supermarket and he's just being a shit bag. He's like fucking opening up fucking food, eating it. And all of a sudden you just hear, I think, I think it's clean up on aisle 316 and Booker T just kind of looks up looking around like oh no <laughs> and then all of a sudden Stone Cold's there and he's just beating the fuck out of Booker T in the supermarket because he, uh, he attacks a, a, another bald guy who's not Stone Cold <laughs> something, yeah something like that and um they're just going at it and fucking like Booker T gets fucking uh like flour fucking poured on him he gets milk poured all over him and th- this is the one where Stone Cold fucking he Steve wises himself with two fucking jugs of milk, uh, and he's just covered in fu- Stone Cold now covered in milk, and it's just so fucking funny. I got uh, the uh, Oh, that Austin! Yeah. Yeah. There's a price check on Jackass. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check yeah. On yeah. <laughs> Cracks a beer behind him to let him know. First off, can you just go back like three seconds because I really want to hear that Stone Cold scream again. That's Stone Cold Scream? Yeah. 
Fresh. Oh, there he is. A can of whoop ass on aisle two. That's aisle two. A can of whoop ass on aisle two. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me go back. There we go. So he beat up a guy. He realizes it's not him. And then a beer cracks. And him Austin screams. It's just so oh. fucking fun. Here it comes. But you know what? One of the things is like I I miss these types of situations because at this time a lot of these outside of the WWE ring kind of brawls, you know, whether it's uh, fucking uh, the acolytes fighting somebody in a bar, usually pretty entertaining because just just like weird shit, something funny typically happens, and one person is getting fucking the shit kicked out of them the whole time and one person's just roll, like you know just beating ass and it's entertaining because the it's so hammy but it's such good hammy to me it doesn't seem stupid and cheesy maybe these guys were just better at it and you know, clearly these guys were just better at it than what they yeah. do now um but this is just so entertaining to me and stone cold like you, people don't remember how funny he also is he just had great timing he on had, every He level. had such good timing. He he's so he's so well versed in all this stuff. And Booker T is also fucking funny. So these two together, I think, was just fucking perfect. They just they just nail it for me. Um, I don't know. I'm just a fan of these backstage things, and this is one of the best ones uh, out there. Well, this that <laughs> actual. I'm watching whole... the clip as well. I'm spraying yeah. mustard into his face. <laughs> oh, regular <laughs> Dean Ambrose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did it first, you son of a bitch. I did it better. Uh, no, the the thing that really is so glaring when you watch uh, segments like that, where you had Booker and you had Stone Cold Steve Austin, and like you said, they're both so funny. They both have great timing. They're both charismatic. Booker T's facials are so fucking expressive. Holy shit. His, his Ev- face is on a different level. Yeah, everything he's doing and seeing and feeling, he's showing you. And it's like, that's why, you know, if they were to do this segment now with a Roman Reigns and a, your your boy Baron Corbin, let's say. It yeah, would just dog not, food, dude. Yeah, it would just be, you know, like Roman being like, do you like when I hit you with things? I'm All going right, so- to hit you with this thing now. And then Baron oh would be God. like, I don't care for that in the least. All right, would so I'm watching the clip. Do and, that? and the thing with the milk. So funny. So Booker T gets the upper hand for a second. He fucking super kicks Stone Cold, and then he throws him in the fucking, like, the freezer. He thinks he threw him in the walk-in. No problem. So Booker T fucking comes out of the back, and then he's, like, exhausted, just trying to catch himself. And all of a sudden, you just see one of the fucking milk fridges open up, and Stone Cold fucking appears. Milk already in hand. Pours it on himself to pretty much re- recuperate like a fucking video game <laughs> character eating meat out of a fucking barrel in Streets of Rage. And Stone Cold, covered in milk, then starts to kick his ass again. It's so funny. Like, the filming of this shit was so much better. It's one fucking shot for the most part, not this camera shit, not this shaky camera. He's got the milk. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hear hi, that again. Hi, book. <laughs> oh my god! Play it again. 
That's so fucking funny. You hear the milk hit the floor. And then <laughs> yep, the dripping of the milk. All right, hold on. Yeah, man, this it's such an entertaining thing, and I feel like it sucks, you know, that I, I would love to enjoy I know. wrestling right now. I know. And it just seems like nothing can touch this shit again, and I don't know why. I mean, I kind of know why, but it's just, it kind of sucks, but I guess I'm kind of happy that I was able to live through a lot of this stuff, and I'm not subjected to only this bullshit that I'm going through right now. Just be glad you're not like a 19 year old kid that goes on the internet now and is like the Attitude Era really wasn't that good. In fact, it was quite problematic. It's like, oh, 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 oh. get the fuck out of here, dude! Oh my god, I see that shit all the time. But no, like, all right, so that segment unto itself, just that that standalone is so fucking entertaining. And I don't know because I talked to Matt about this, but I didn't talk to you, Fro. Did either of you guys get to watch both nights of uh, Mania yet? No, I haven't watched any of it. I haven't watched any of it either. Wow, you did so you didn't see the Undertaker and AJ Styles uh, finger finger quote match. No, I'm I'm intrigued by that and the 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 Bray fire, Wyatt match, uh, yeah. Firefly match. Yeah, you don't need to watch the, the John Cena thing. Is is dog shit. It's it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's just like. It, 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 John Cena, this is your life. Like it's one of those. Se- it's not a match. It's nothing. Yeah, it's I just bullshit. heard it's weird. So I just i i want to i want to see it just because I hear they're both kind of weird. Yeah, it's but the uh, the Undertaker thing, the match between the Undertaker and AJ Styles. It I will loosely call it a match. It felt like the end of an old eighties action movie, right? Where it's like the guy finally catches up to the the dude that you know, like you know, he killed my brother. Like one of those fucking you know fights, and it comes off well even though it's very cheesy and overproduced compared to right. what this was. But it's because you have people on that level of talent. You have an AJ Styles. You have an Undertaker. Just like in that situation where it's like you have Stone Cold Steve Austin. You have Booker T. You couldn't just plug and play two mediocre goons into that and make right. it that entertaining and that good. But you know what's and, funny though is back in the day you could have put in two mediocre goons and that that yeah, it was called the ball. hardcore title yeah that's what it was called right and that's the thing is like back then a Baron Corbin level person would have made that shit entertaining because they were all trained differently everybody yeah, was trained I don't differently know. I, that's but that's they me all, I don't know they all viewed different wrestling differently. Yeah, it's the it's the same exact reason why when even even people are like oh AEW does this well and this well and it's like yeah but these are all kids that grew up watching Randy Orton thinking that and Alberto Del Rio and being like this is great it's like yeah right. no, no it's really not great guys it's very very fucking mediocre. <laughs> but yeah, that's my number four. Uh, the supermarket fight with Booker T. All right, my number four is um, and at the time I. I wasn't shocked. I think I was too old to be shocked, but I was a little surprised uh, that the, that this happened is uh, when he stone cold stunned Linda McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> I I I've, I kind of remember it. I do remember watching it, and I'm trying to like replay the moment in my head. So pretty much um, what happened was like he stunned Vince, right? And then like everyone yeah. cheered, and then Shane's music hit, and Shane came down and had a, like an exchange, and then he stunned Shane. And then Stephanie's music hit, and she came down, and then it was like, oh, is he going to stun her? And then sure as shit, 
stunned Stephanie, <laughs> right? And that's fine because Stephanie was like young and like was like a, you know wrestling or at the time she or, appears on TV, she does right. all the stuff, she's taking bumps. <laughs> but then you here, know. here comes like on the other side of middle age, Linda McMahon comes down, and you're like. Oh, he's not gonna. They're gonna. Something's gonna happen. Like Shane's gonna interfere, or like he'll take the bump, or or something. But no, they they fucking pulled the trigger on it, and he fucking stunned an old woman. <laughs> it was the worst thing you've ever seen in your life, too. Well, because so he's so I'm watching it right now, and he's like, you know, they're in the ring, and he's holding her hand up, like, yeah, this is the good McMahon. And they, I think they sh- shared a beer, but it's still, uh-uh, you're a McMahon. Then whatever. Yeah, and he's like. <laughs> Just uh, she goes down like a fucking corpse. Oh yeah. yeah I, well, I thought she died. Is what happened. I was like, that he killed her. He he pulled her head. He separated her head from her body in inside of her skin. Is what happened. And Stephanie then, actually takes a good stunner. Yeah, she takes a good a lot of things. Oh, get it? It's about dicks. Yeah, get it? That that good Triple H dick. Mm. Um, but yeah, my number four is really not much to it. It wasn't like a moment that like uh. I don't know. It had like a lot of like shit around it, but it was just to me, for me, I remember watching it and I remember I can still remember going through it, watching and saying, well, he's not going to, they're not going to do that. Something's going to happen. And then they, it, it was like the first episode of Game of Thrones for me, where <laughs> at the end of it, or not the first episode, but it was the episode where season one, they focus on Ned Stark the entire time. And you're like, cool. And then the episode happens where he's about to be executed and they stop. And I'm like, well, he'll get out of it next episode. He's the main character. But, the, <laughs> but, but then the next episode happens and they killed him. And then I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. So for me, my first experience with a feeling like that was when Linda McMahon came down <laughs> and then got stunned by Stone Cold. That's so funny. Joey, Yeah, you'd have to be able to pick up the timeline. So this is 2005. Was Stone Cold yeah. already out by this point? Like, was, I, yeah, did he already walk so. away? Yeah, yeah, he okay. was gone. Yeah, that's so this right. was after he's kind of already done well, his... You got to remember, and this is... It just goes to show you how quickly life moves in terms of what people will watch and deem as acceptable, is at that time, it was like, yeah, fucking kill that old lady, Stone Cold. <laughs> kill that old lady. <laughs> like, the, cr- the crowd wasn't aghast. Like it wasn't like she, they did that, and the crowd was like, oh, "I can't believe Stone Cold did that." They were sitting there that like, "Dude, kill, fucking get that fifty-year-old woman, you fuck her up." Like they really—that's how different shit was. Oh, Whereas, this shit would not fly now. Oh no, no! no. Holy I mean, shit! I was genuinely surprised to even see for the uh, WrestleMania buildup where they let Randy Orton give an uh, RKO Beth to Phoenix. Beth Phoenix. And I was like, Beth Phoenix is well within her means to be someone that can take that move. Right, Beth Phoenix but still. Is, Beth, I think Beth Phoenix is a better fucking wrestler than Randy Orton, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and so it's like, wow, that that makes perfect sense. And I, But I was still surprised. Was well, like, they did something else fairly recently. Didn't like Nia Jax get something happened to her as uh, well? Nia Jax a piece of shit. She's well, right, but didn't I, I feel like something happened with her and a male wrestler recently, too. Oh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Hit was it Randy Orton as well? Yeah, Randy gave her. Well, Randy is apparently the only one that's allowed <laughs> to hit women. That's kind of <laughs> Randy, Baron Corbin, well, no, Baron Corbin gave Becky uh, that finish, his end of days finisher, his um, you know, n- yeah. new metal plunge. Uh, he gave that to <laughs> <laughs> he he gave her that finisher and i remember at the time being like wow that was actually really ballsy of them to do 
right. people in the crowd had an actual real reaction to it. Like they were like, oh, they couldn't believe it. And then they just never mentioned it ever again. Well, of course, because like, that, that's how this company is nowadays. Right. I was like, dude, you guys, like, they could have made Baron Corbin into an actual heel following that. And they were just like, eh, fuck it. Kicking the shit out of women every week. Ugh. Yeah. Like, so funny. Just, that would have been so funny. And then just, the, but then it was just. No so offense, goofy. ladies. Well, no, but that's a part of it is there should be. All right, be, fine. All the offense. Fuck you, ladies. All the oh, offense, My heels ladies. are. Oh, oh, he's already happy. <laughs> now I've taken off my top hat. <laughs> No, but that's what the, you know. What you're supposed to have that reaction. That's perfectly normal. If you're a, if you're watching a 250 pound guy punch a 120 pound woman in the face, you're supposed to be like, "Hey, I don't care for that." Right. That makes that makes me upset. Like you're not well, people to... early people late 90s, early 2000s, just really just violence was all they wanted to see. Yeah, well, didn't uh, matter who was getting hit. Ah, those were the days, huh? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matt, good pick. Linda McMahon getting stunnered. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Joey, jo- what's your number four? Yeah, number my, four. My number four is probably going to be higher on a lot of people's lists. I dare you. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> my number four is uh, is when Stone Cold attacked Vince in the hospital room with the bedpan. That is I weird. actually left that one off my list. That one, wow. That one is my number one. <laughs> Wow! Really? <laughs> oh shit! I uh, so when I when I think of Stone Cold, that's where my mind goes first. That's, that's like the first thing I think of is that moment. And the reason the reason why for me is we've already touched upon that. The dude's fucking funny. The dude's funny. Very the funny, funny. The funny oh, yeah. thing about it is is his character is such a serious, tough guy, no nonsense, like Texas, you know, you Texas know, rattlesnake. Texas rattlesnake. But he's always in these. He's in, he's fighting in a supermarket. He's <laughs> he's dressing up like a nurse to sneak sneak into a, a doctor's office. Um, it's so funny. But the thing <laughs> the thing that gets me every time is when he starts punching his foot. Yes, <laughs> dude. He starts yeah starts smashing Vince's foot. So Vince is holed up in this hospital. He's got like a broken leg or some sort of whatever the gimmick is at the time, <clears throat> and uh. The nurse is checking on Vince, and Vince is being a dickhead to the nurse. And so the nurse is like, okay, well, it's time for me to leave. And, go, and so she says something to the doctor, and you just hear, I'll take it from here, nurse. And then the fucking chaos ensues. It's chaos. Yeah. Because the first thing you hear after that, you they show Vince's face, and he's like, uh-oh. And then you just hear, pong, the fucking bedpan hitting him yeah. in the head. And that is one of the funniest noises. Oh, it's so great. It's just such a fucking great moment. And especially, yeah. like you just said, Matt, like he's he's this guy that's supposed to be serious, but he's so good at doing these funny moments and being in. And I think that's where wrestling has gotten lost in the sense that, well, I mean, on many levels, but where you had guys like Rock and Austin who were serious guys, but they weren't afraid to show their ass and be be vulnerable and silly and funny, right. but without it being forced or canned or corny. Like, he's not reading off a script. This isn't some guy trying to make me laugh. This is just a guy that's who he is. That's right. naturally who they are. So I can believe, like, like the, when The Rock sits there and he's sitting there and he's making jokes and relating, uh, you know, he's talking about fucking vaginas, but he's saying, like, Oh, you got a nice pie there, sweet. Like he's 
still that guy though after the fact that like, if you don't like what he says he's gonna kick the shit out of you right. it's not like he's right. gonna go oh i don't like that you know oh i didn't care for your joke well i don't well, whatever. like he just it wasn't just passive aggressive like borderline pussy ass quips he was actually gonna kick the shit out of somebody right and that's yeah that's one of the things like when you watch stone cold in those situations he wasn't afraid to be vulnerable he wasn't afraid to be silly but at the same time, you took him seriously. And I think that most people just can't capture that balance. And that's one of those scenes where it was so goddamn good. And Vince was so perfect to him because Vince was a consummate piece of shit. <laughs> there was nothing about him that was questionable. There was no middle ground with Vince. Like Vince is like, like Fro even noticed immediately, like he's just being a fucking asshole. These nerds. Like this guy's in the hospital and he can't even be humble. They right. can't be like, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate. Thank you for the, you know, like someone brings you a wa- brings you some water. Oh, thank you so much. Vince is like, ah, fucking get it to me faster. Like he just knew to always be a fucking asshole. <laughs> All right, I got the. Uh, I'll I got the play clip the clip. Ready. I'm watching it. How about you, doctor? Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. No, 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 He's hitting him in the face, and then wait, wait, wait. He's in his Vince's face when he's punching him in the foot. It's so good. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, just a little new. Everything. Yeah, the nuance is just the noise of it hitting his head. He also uses the defibrillator on him. Yeah. Does he? <laughs> yeah, he charges it up and zaps his chest. That's so fucking funny. But yeah, th- th- it's chaos. Oh yeah, I'm watching the. I'm watching right now. Yep, clear. Cush. Well, that's, so he. That... It's funny because he's he's beating the shit out of Vince, and Vince falls over the bed. But watching Stone Cold follow him in the same direction, he could have gone around the bed. But it's funny because he's just shittily climbing over the bed also to get to him. <laughs> how man, they're fucking good. How fun must it have been to be in these? Be segments? a lot. So, probably the best. Well, it's also the matter of. You know, it's it's so fun and it's so entertaining to watch. And it's just because wrestling has always on some level been chaotic. And that's been the appeal of it. When you sanitize it and you make it so clean and you make it seem so uniform, it's not enjoyable. You know what I mean? No. Like there's, there's supposed to be a part of you that when you're watching wrestling, you're like, none of this is supposed to be happening. <laughs> right. None of this makes any sense. This is all supposed to be nuts. This is off the wall. Like, okay. I'm fighting you, like me, Fro, me and you are in a fist fight. For some hmm. reason, I'm going to grab you, throw your arm over my neck, and then I'm going to pick you straight up in the air and drop both of ourselves on our backs? Why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I doing this? And that's supposed to be part of the appeal is that none of this shit makes any sense in the real world whatsoever. So when you try to make it into something where it's, you know, very sterile and very clean and very organized and everyone is... On the level, it's like, no, these are crazy people doing crazy shit. I'm not supposed to look at them and be like, oh, you know, they don't like bullies. I'm really glad that they're such a nice person. Like, no, give me a fucking lunatic. I want to watch crazy people. And this was, this is one of those moments where if you'd have tuned into that and you'd never watched wrestling before, you'd have gone and been like, what is this crazy shit? Mm -hmm. I want to know what happens next because this is madness. So yeah, that's one of the reasons I put that high. There's, yeah. there's no way I couldn't. No, that's a good one. Uh, so that brings us to fro number three. Is it me? Uh, yeah, because that, that was that was Joey's. 
Oh. I'm on the left, remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that was your pick, right? Mm-hmm. No, that was that was Joey's pick. It was my number was my one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's why I got confused. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So my number three. <clears throat> my number three is uh I think probably hands down one of the greatest matches of all time. It's uh Bret, him versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania thirteen. That is also yeah. my number three. Ah. Ooh. Uh it it's just this match gave one of the probably single-handedly most iconic image of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and anytime I think of this match, it's the first thing that I think of. Uh, and it created one of the coolest shirts uh, of a completely uh, crimson-faced Stone Cold Steve Austin screaming. And uh, the shirt, uh, uh, Blood from a Stone, is so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's and awesome. it's a shame whenever they like Whenever they try to like show this and it's in black and white and it just doesn't have the same feeling because they they won't show blood. Oh, it's um, it's also so uh, it's so telling about how important that the and I know people hate this shit because they go, "Oh, it's, you know, what about it's so dangerous blah blah." blah. It's like, "No, blood is so instrumental in the storytelling of wrestling. It's insane." Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I I wish it happened more and I I don't need it to be fucking every single night like it's TNA, you know main event mafia era but like blood really does have a certain place at times uh you can't the end of a fucking feud yeah you can't elevate something to a point and then just stop right you have like you have to take that next step for the storytelling for the storytelling for the emotional investment that you that you are are aiming for from the viewer if you want people to be emotionally invested in a story or a match, like you have to be open to going that far with things, or else it just becomes predictable and it becomes unbelievable. It's like <clears throat> this person hates this person that much, but he he won't he won't make him bleed. Right. right. Well, the, the, I, I liken it to this, and it might be a kind of a it might be a little bit of a cheesy comparison, but to me, I think it, it's very fitting. Is a, a feud builds like a relationship. Like any relationship. And you go through it and you go, okay, they're going through the steps. Oh, they're meeting. Now they're talking. Now they're dating. Now they're boyfriend, girlfriend. Now they move in together. And now they're married. And you look at that and you go, the marriage portion of this is the peak of the violence and the anger. And it's the, it's the blood and them coming together in a way where you look at it and you go, oh shit, both of these people are just busted open. They've given everything they've got to each other. <laughs> and it's like them looking each other in the face and going, I do. I do. <laughs> and then you, you clap and rejoice. and Yeah. But no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like a, it's such a build where you just go, oh, this is the natural progression of things. This is where this goes. This is how this ends. Because if you, it's, you, if you go through all the steps and then you just keep having the same fucking match over and over again, it's just like the dude that's been, uh, you know, with his girlfriend for 12 years. And you're like, are you guys going to get engaged? Is anybody going to get married? Are we going to move in together? Oh, you know, I think we're just taking it slow. You know, we're kind of just like, we're like life partners. It's like, no, beat each other the fuck up. Let's see some <laughs> fucking blood. Yeah, right. say I do. Yeah, yeah, say I do, you pussy. You know, But like- this, I don't know, this match, though, it's really just on a different level. Uh, 
from what I remember reading the Bret Hart book, they talked about how it's like they they didn't plan much of it. It was a lot of it was just off the cuff, them kind of going it. And you know, I I don't know how. I honestly, I think Bret Hart is one of the best. Maybe ever was, ever is. He's, no, he's a brilliant. He's a brilliant storyteller. That's really yeah, big time. It, yeah. And they really did it in this match because one of the things, one of the things with this match is it, it was the famous double turn. It had never been done, at least to my knowledge. Everybody kind of says this is the first one, um, and I don't think anybody expected that for Stone Cold to walk out as the new face and Bret Hart to be the fucking heel. For it to be done intentionally in mainstream wrestling, I think it may. I think you're you're right. Like yeah. when it was because de- it's definitely happened on it. You know, smaller companies, and different Probably. shows where it was just a natural progression where the booker might have realized and gone, "Oh, hey, you know, we noticed you know John Smith over here is actually people tend to like him more than you know you know Mike Jones or whatever the fuck his name is. Let's <laughs> let's make huh? this you know, <laughs> you know he's always giving out his phone number. It makes people very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, just just switch them around. You know, like that's right. happened. But for this to happen on such a scale, yeah, I right. Mean that it's just and a, it's, yeah, iconic it, moment. It's iconic. I mean, I remember Bret Hart in his book talking about <clears throat> the part where Stone Cold was going to bleed. Uh, Stone Cold hadn't bladed, uh, or maybe he never had anybody else blade him uh, in order to get uh, bloody. And Bret Hart was the one that was going to cut him open. And he was super nervous about it. And Brett was like, don't worry about it. I got it. So they're going at it outside the ring. And Brett fucking cuts him open uh, right along the hairline, which obviously Stone Cold doesn't have. And it was just like the fucking mask was so present. And it was it just looked amazing. God, this, ma- this match is fucking good. It's, it's, it's the best it's, match yeah. Ken Shamrock's ever been in. i don't know what you're talking about ken shamrock just wrestled sammy callahan in the main event of an impact wrestling pay-per-view that That happened in front of yes in front of nobody (laughs) yikes yikes and by (laughs) pay-per-view i mean nobody paid to view oh that's 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 wild that's good i'll be here all week wrestlingsoup.com subscribe (laughs) but yeah this match like you know there was uh, chairs involved, everything. It was an I quit match or submission match, uh, one of the two. Um, and Bret Hart he put Stone have. Cold in the uh, sharpshooter, and Stone Cold didn't tap out. He passed out uh, just because Bret wouldn't release the hold. Uh, and it was just like, just crazy to watch. Matt? <sighs> Sammy Callahan once flipped me off. That's what I'm going to say. Ah, get the fuck out of here. Where were you? Where did you see Sammy Callahan? Uh, was this in New York? Yeah, it was in New York. And it was because uh, I, I said, uh, I said it, it must have been nice for Hot Topic to let you off early tonight. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he looked at me and flipped me off. My, uh, he, was, he was angry because it was a very accurate heckle. Yeah, my voice carries. <laughs> I can I can pretty much get any wrestler to hear anything I want to say. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> it's uh, it's almost stupid how how much Matt's voice is resonated through a fucking <laughs> big building. It's true. <laughs> it's very fun, but it's true. Yeah, he's. And he's like, it's always nice to see a wrestler's eyes fucking like shift in that direction. Because <laughs> like, how the fuck did I hear that? Right. Is this person in the ring? 
<laughs> oh, there's so many. But you know what, though? That's for these. If you can throw them off, if you can throw off somebody, especially if it's real easy to go to some indie show and people have wrestled for two years or whatever, and somebody in the crowd's heckling them, it's like, yeah, you throw them off. But if somebody's been around for a long time and your heckling gets them, then you've done, you've done a good deed. Yeah, you've I've got I've gotten deed. some wrestlers to react to me when I made fun of Kyle O'Reilly's nipples his, his for nipples. being too pink. Yeah, <laughs> to be, we were we were in the second row there, and he was like, we were. He was a collective four feet from us. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was nice because I'm not very uh, projecting. Yeah, you but said him, hi, why for are him your to be so like pink, and he looked down, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is also. NXT WWE uh, Kyle O'Reilly, so yeah. he he easily could have ignored it because it's now he probably hears shit way more often, right? And they're probably usually not they're probably told to not interact with the crowd as much. But yeah, him him reacting to me, you know, take taking shots at his he's nipples. A funny, is he's fun. a funny, he's a funny dude. But no, that's Kyle O'Reilly's the, great. You know what though? That was a very he he probably was really giving you a genuine answer there. He's like, wow, I never thought of that before. <laughs> like, Thank you. I guess I'll pan my nipples. That's not even mean. You know, no, <laughs> it's just not. a legitimate question. Someone Why runs around so pink. Someone runs around with their shirt off, you know, 40 to 50 percent of their life. You know, someone's going to have some questions at some point. Right. I realized. <laughs> uh, so anyway, like you said to me about the Austin Hart match for, for me, it it is one of the matches that I I point to if people are like, why do you like wrestling or what's good about wrestling or what's if I want to get into wrestling, what should I watch? I point them to that. And, I'll, and also, you know what else I do, too? Is not every one of my improv students have taken me up on this. I, 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 like maybe two have, but because uh, I always refer to wrestling as the highest form of improv because it's so physically risky. Uh, but it, it is it, it obeys a lot of the same disciplines in improv of like trusting your scene partner and working together to, to tell a story. And the example I always give is the Hart Austin match, especially from a storytelling perspective. And I, I tell them, I go, go watch that match where they literally do a complete status swap mid-match and get the get an arena full of people to go along with it. Like, that is impressive. That is truly a performative juggernaut of a task to accomplish. And they did it, and it was almost borderline perfect as far as, like, a match from beginning to end, achieving a goal, and executing it flawlessly so that that matches is one of the all-time greats right well you'd have to think about it in the sense of imagine if you were putting on a play and the people that you sent out and for the first i don't know say it was an hour and a half long and for the first 45 minutes of it you established these are the good guys and these are the bad guys and then you had to flip it entirely you know just oh never mind this is actually the good person this is the bad person and and they're allowed to to verbally express how they feel too no one's just <laughs> sitting there in silence like uh, along for the ride they're also allowed to, to to share that with you but yeah you're also right dude because i've had friends that were indie wrestlers and i've said to them outright i'm like you guys need to go because i feel like it would be such a uh, helpful uh, symbiotic relationship they could have i'm like go take an improv class i say guys all the time i'm like you'd probably get something out of it for you and they'd probably get something out of it from your from your experience you know but right yeah it's funny you put it in that term but you're right at least yeah. I think so. Yeah. No, it, it's it's true, and and a few students have like definitely gone and watched that, and they were like, you know, I didn't. The the one of them came back and said, I didn't even realize it was happening because it was so seamless. And he's like, I was like, yeah, exactly. 
you you were just you just watched it and it happened it wasn't like a there wasn't no like MacGuffin, right there wasn't a moment where like something got revealed and there was like oh they're they're different they, they, he's a good guy and he's a bad guy it was just right. like stone cold steve austin didn't grab the mic and he said i am now the person you like <laughs> if he did i would still like it <laughs> hey everyone i hope you are aware of the fact that we are now the nice people and he is now the bad guy. And then he hands the mic to Bret Hart. He goes, this is correct. I hate you all. And then they continue the match. <laughs> then they make out. That's yeah. just, it gets real weird after that point. Well, no, like the, it, I've explained that to people too, in different ways that, you know, especially this is like the perfect analogy for an actual sports fan where they go, Oh, I don't understand wrestling and how it works and the function of it. And I go, well, have you ever watched the, the fourth quarter of a basketball game? And it's really close and it's back and forth, and there's two teams that are really competitive. And they're like, oh, yeah, of course. And I go, imagine picturing, uh, like, making that out of thin air. There's no game. No, There is no game whatsoever. Nobody's really winning something. No one's really getting anything out of it. There's no NBA championship. There's no NCAA tournament. But you have to convince people that they are getting a championship. They are getting a good game without... <laughs> having any sort of truth or consequence to it whatsoever. All right, but that's that's my number three. Uh, Joey, your number three. My number three, it was just actually a fun, it was just a fun kind of in passing throwaway segment on Raw. But I <laughs> like this, and it's specifically because I hate people that love cars. I hate the people that, fuck, shout out to Joe Guido, sorry about that. Like, <laughs> when people were, good, good car, car's so important, I spent, $60,000 on car. I'm like, you're a fucking moron. Like, what a waste of money. So, you know, go get a Honda fucking, go get a Honda Civic and drive 250,000 miles on it. And it costs you 15 grand, stupid. But, uh, I don't know. I just dropped was, 50K on a car. You did? <laughs> yeah, of course uh, I did. Well, well, you know, well, to be life, fair, it's not like a midlife crisis car. It is because right, he now right. has, is about to have a family. So we have to kid, get a bigger yeah. vehicle. So, yeah, but I mean, I could have got like a, a thirty thousand dollar minivan, but I, I mean, I, I like. What'd you uh, get? Did you get like a? Did you get one of those Lexus SUVs? No, it is it is a luxury SUV, but it's not a Lexus. It's a oh, the Kia, Kia Kia Telluride. Couldn't afford a car, so we named a daughter a Lexus. Uh, no, that's um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, dude, that's that's fine. I no, mean, you're right. I just I don't I don't um, I put it it's this not way. Showy. I'm, no, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of showy, but I like to be showy. That's that's who I am. I like to spend my money. So, no, well, I could. I didn't know it was on the line with ZZ Top here. I yeah, no <laughs> no, I, I will concede that it is it is a not necessary. It is a it is over the top. It is it is uh, Austin. It's bougie. Yeah, it's bougie. It, yeah, it's bougie. But I like it because I don't know. I I worked hard to get there, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's so okay. fuck you, Joe. Piece of shit. Well, well, you know what? I still don't. I still think it's a fucking waste of money to people spend that kind of money on it, especially if they're a piece of shit like Vince McMahon. <laughs> all right, and Vince McMahon pulls up to the arena and he's got his Corvette and he's he's rubbing it and he's looking. Oh, I hope nothing happens to this Corvette. I sure <laughs> love it, and he's just and it's such a perfect like transfer of his energy to where this guy you don't even know if he, this guy doesn't even seem like he likes his fucking family you know what i mean and it's so well done in the sense of where it's just like he's like yes these are my children look at them okay fucking get out of here all right so about me like he's just such a self-involved selfish fucking asshole but then he shows up with this car and he's so in love with the fucking car 
and Stone Cold Steve Austin, which this is also just the absurdity of wrestling too. He just has a cement truck. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> Where did he no get reason. cement? Where did the cement truck come from, Stone Cold? And he just fills the cement, the car with the cement truck, and the car is just while you're watching it, it fucking explodes. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. And Vince's face while the whole thing is happening, he's so horrified. And like I said, at this point, you have this character and you have this human being that doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything but himself. And real quick, puts, real quick. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So. This is one of the things that they used to do back in the day as well. So this is just out of nowhere on the episode. So Vince has already pulled up. They showed that whatever. No, they're telling obviously a weird side story in wrestling. Uh, so then later on, obviously Stone Cold shows up, but it shows up in a totally different like time period within the episode. Uh, and it's it's right before a commercial break. So he pulls up with the thing, and it's uh, Monday Night Raw continues, and then a commercial happens, and then nothing is said about it for a bit. That's it. Oh, okay. I just like I just like the fact that it's like a weird like more soon. I I like the content like the continuation portion of this uh bit that they're doing. That's it. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> no, well, that's it. Well, that's kind of just that's the best summary I can give of it is that <laughs> it's so based around a guy that is loveless. He's a loveless pit. He's unlikable. He is the Grinch. You know, and it's like somehow you found the one thing that this curmudgeonly awful asshole who's abused you and treated you like shit, you found it and you destroyed it. And it's it's great storytelling. I do love great that. Great storytelling. I like this car. I sure hope nothing happens to it. <laughs> Matt, can you can you actually can you look for the clip cause, uh, and play it? Because I want to hear what Vince McMahon is saying when he's now watching Stone Cold lower the cement stuff. Uh, I'm assuming if you look up Stone Cold pour cement, it should okay, be one of the okay, first okay. videos. At a minute, a minute thirty is when he starts dumping the cement in there. Okay, here we go. It doesn't look like he's going to run over it. Wait a minute! Oh my God, I don't believe this. You can't do that. I do not believe this, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. McMahon. He's not even on mic. Now there's no mic. It's just his face. Yeah. There's no oh, okay. I, I couldn't tell. Oh, it's great. I think so. And this is also back when Jerry Lawler was good. Yeah. C-Man. <laughs> C-Man. Oh, my God. Both of those guys were just so, oh, my God. The Both of the, the announcing was just so goddamn brilliant. And it was even better, too, in, in what made it so great. Was Jim Ross, if you were someone that was from the South, Jim Ross was just a, a voice that blended in. Like, you're just like, oh, that's what my grandfather sounds like. But <laughs> even as someone from the Northeast, Jim Ross's voice, because he had that, he was an older man. He came off with a sort of wisdom, but he was also a character because no one else you knew or was around sounded like him. No, no, big one, time. no one you knew talked like him. Like you didn't, you weren't going to go as some dude that lived in the Northeast and go visit your grandfather. And he was going to be like, oh, what's going on, boy? You got a power? What's going on? Don't take them boots off at the door. Don't be tracking no mud in here. Like it's you make just, him sound like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. But, uh, but, to, but, uh, you know, if you're someone from Boston in 1997, he might as well have been fucking Boomhauer. Right. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like you didn't know. So even the announcers were just these characters, these people that were on a different plane from you. You know, if you lived in California, you don't know a Jim Ross. You don't know a guy that's that true. sounds like Jim Ross. You, you got a, a uh, that... got a dang old uh, barbed wire bat right across old mankind's back, baby. <laughs> well, just, just well, that was it. It's just also the explosiveness of Jim Ross and his his voice. Like he was so invested in everything, and it was so fucking believable. And because he was a grown man, and because he really came off like a father figure, it you got this feeling like he was telling you, like this is important. This is important. If you were somewhere and you saw a bunch of, you know, 20 year old guys and they're being loud and they're, you know, making a scene, you're like, eh, it's fucking dr- probably drunk kids acting like dickheads. But if you saw a 50 year old man standing somewhere going, Oh my God, can you believe what's going on over there? You'd be like, Oh shit, something must be really going on. <laughs> That's true. Cause, cause you've stirred this adult with a mortgage. And a life in a car and the kids to care this much. I need to pay attention. So, yeah, I mean, he was such a part of it, too, man. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good one. Great, great fucking moment. Fro, number two. My number two is uh, the 1997 Royal Rumble where Stone Cold is fucking running house, tossing everybody out, and he's the lone one in the ring for a good majority of the Rumble. Uh and him sitting on the turnbuckle waiting for the next person to come out and looking at his fake watch. <laughs> and then Brett the Hitman Hart comes out and he fucking puts his hands on his head in shock and just like, fuck, um, is one of my favorite moments. I remember watching it as a kid and it's one of my go-to gifts of, uh, that I use to when I'm waiting for somebody is a stone cold looking at his watch. Um, but yeah, this this is a great uh, Stone Cold memory for me, and him just fucking around with nobody in the ring with him, and which they redid with Brock Lesnar uh, this past Rumble. So, who did he throw out before that? Was it Double J Jeff Jarrett? Huh? I'm watching the clip now. Oh, oh I don't remember exactly who he tossed. It might. I mean, there's a uh, Bart Gun. He tossed out a ton of people. Oh man, doing push-ups. By the way, did you see the? um, I know I'm just sidetracking. You saw the dark side of the ring with Bart gone in the brawl for all, right? I haven't seen that yet. I I haven't seen it yet either. I don't don't have cable, so I don't watch. Oh no, no, it's on YouTube. I'll send it to you. But um, okay, dude. Oh my god, you watch, you see him now, and he still looks yoked as fuck. He's like (laughs) he's like fifty something years old, and you're like, oh my god, this guy would beat the shit out of me. He still looks tough as hell. It's crazy, right? Like the like the dudes that were bums in WWF in nineteen ninety seven now look like they would beat the ever living shit out of everyone on the roster with these now. Just, <laughs> just old, just, just old big just, guys. Just steamroll them, dude. If you saw, you'd look at him, you'd go, "Wow, that's a." Like even though he's still, he's got glasses. He's you know he's lost his ha- most of his hair. You still look at him and go, "That's a genetic freak." Like that. Yo, dude this rumble looks like chaos. <laughs> I'm watching clips right now. And it's wow. uh, Fro. Hence, it was a rumble. That's yeah. true. But it's That's... like out of nowhere. Uh, my boy, fucking um, Ahmed Johnson shows up, <laughs> and he's got this fucking the longest two by four in the world going after Farouk. 
and he's trying to swing it around and fucking it's just madness uh, ahmed johnson is uh is is the um attitude era's nia Jax actually <laughs> just he just hurt people had no fucking idea what he was doing but That's it was so all, funny but, but at least he could cut a promo and looked like he could fuck someone up like, i, I used to love ahmed that. johnson the chicago street fight with uh, the legion of doom versus uh who was it uh who the chicago street fight, legion of doom with ahmed johnson versus the, oh uh, uh um Eight, uh, it was eight, uh, D- Disciples of Apocalypse. Was it the Disciples? I think it was. Yo, and that fucking fire extinguisher goes off, and it's so smoky forever. Yeah, it never <laughs> dissipates. The whole arena is just a fucking haze. <laughs> if, if you're in the top row of the arena during that match, it looks like you're on a plane looking at the ground with clouds in between you. <laughs> but that's it. I, well, that was another <laughs> thing. Is part of the chaos of wrestling. Like people, that was part of the reason why people showed up even, you know, like now you be, uh, people are like, why would I go to raw? There's nothing raw about raw. That's true. Nothing, nothing is going to happen nope. that if I watch it at home from the comfort of my living room, that is going to be experienced any differently than if I was sitting in the arena. So that's, that was part of the, the excitement of the whole thing. It was a whole show, a whole show. Yeah. But yeah. That, that, that was a fucking great time. That was a great. Right, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna have to watch this Rumble '97 because uh, I'm so entertained by this YouTube <laughs> highlights video. I have uh, to watch it. But right, yeah, the right. Rumble '97, uh, just Stone Cold waiting around for people, just fucking wreaking havoc, throwing everybody out. Um, much better than when Brock Lesnar did it this past year, and I believe Bray Wyatt did it a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, Bray, not, correctly. Believe it or not, neither of them are Stone Cold. What? Oh, yes, that is I very know. true. I know. Um, all right, so here is my number two, which is also the last one on my list because my number one already got talked about. And the my number one also got talked about. So right. So, but this moment, this this Stone Cold moment, um, I was eleven when this happened, and I was very, very like concerned. This is your number two, right? You this said- is my number two. Yeah. Gotcha. And my number two Stone Cold moment is when he house invaded Brian Pillman and Brian Pillman <laughs> pulled a gun out on TV. <laughs> I mean, that's a fucking a wild moment that obviously almost didn't hold up over time. No, he, he pulled out a gun on TV and then the cameras went out and he just heard gunshots. And then the episode was like, it was like a, 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 ser- a season finale of a, a drama. And, but like 11 year old me who's like, at 11 years old, you you know it's fake, but it's like you're, there's a part of you where it's like, is it fake? Or <laughs> is it like completely fake? Or- oh, they got, they got an insane amount of calls from people about that because you're 11 years old, right? Now, you probably, had you have had this type of interaction with your family or your family been watching it with you, you might have turned to your parents and been like, mommy, is Stone Cold dead? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Did Brian Pillman just kill a man on TV in front of me? And I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of it. So they got shit, shit, tons of calls about that where people were, you know, hey, could you not show murder on my television? <laughs> They're like, this no, was, this is yeah, wrestling. No we, <laughs> no, we will not do that. This was, you have to remember, this was before YouTube where it's, there's casual just beatings and decapitations showed in video there next to recipes and pictures of people's babies. 
Right. So right. that that was pretty pretty right, insane. We heard Stone Cold Steve dramatic. Austin outside. He's been making his way around all the way to the back of the house. Brian Pillman, Kevin Kelly. Pillman's got this yeah. pistol out, and I don't know what the hell is going on. Brian Pillman is just sitting in his house, surrounded by people, and he's just holding a gun. Oh, Stone Cold breaks a with a baseball bat. Somebody call the police. It's Austin. It's get out of there, Steve! Don't go in there! Don't go in there! And then it just cuts out. And then what happened? It. We lost. Oh, then they, and then we they are come. live. This is live. Power's been restored, Vince. Power's been restored. Everybody is here inside. Kevin Kelly, there's chaos now. <laughs> Why are there so many people suddenly in his house? <laughs> Didn't you something know, happen recently? They would they try to like kind of recreate this with like Triple H and Randy Orton or something stupid? Yeah, was where uh, uh, Randy Orton and his quote unquote wife, who it definitely wasn't his wife. Uh, and Triple H, like, home invaded him there, too. Okay. Yeah, the, the, whoever played the wife in that was smoking hot. <laughs> I think that might have been his real wife. Probably was. I don't I know. Mean, I mean, well, Brian Pillman, we'll go looking kid. By the way, uh, Brian Pillman's son wrestles now. I don't know if you guys have seen him. Yeah. He's got he a, is a spitting he's got image a of him. Silly mullet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he has a spitting image of his dad, though. Really, really. Yeah, it's, all it's the way down cool. to the gun. Right. <laughs> It's crazy. I don't. On, I but honestly, Stone Cold only has daughters, so this can get real ugly. <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't remember um, Pillman ever wrestling in WWE. Oh well, you know, or you WWE. were young, dude. You were really young. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was eleven, so you were. Like, I what, only 11? remember him ever being injured the whole time. Dude, oh, I the cast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the Hollywood Blondes. You guys know who the Hollywood Blondes? Yeah, are, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. They undoubtedly, without a question, had the heaviest WCW entrance music at the time. All right, I'm gonna pull it, this up. It almost, dude. I'm telling you right now, this would have been a popular merch band in the early 2000s. Funny being being called the Hollywood Blondes too. Yeah. Oh yeah. For some reason, it was just a really like metal riff. Like, did you find it's? It's all I got over it. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right, here it is. Yeah. Fuck this place up! (laughs) What the fuck? Holy shit! Whoa! Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, no, no, dude, you missed. There's a double bass solo fucking in there and everything. I can't picture that being their theme song whatsoever. I have to. I want to listen to this again and tell me if this, if the guitar riff. Does not just sound like a cartoon version of somebody snoring while they're sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, this riff fucking slams. Right? (laughs) I want to hear double bass. Ready? It gets heavier. Jesus Christ. This is not fitting for the Hollywood ones. Holy like, shit. Right? Before that starts, you could picture a guy just winded going, oh, thank you guys for coming out tonight. <laughs> got a, oh, thank you everybody for coming out. Oh, it's fucking, this merch in the back. Uh, you know, let's give it up for Phil and the blank here. Uh, guns up. 
the guys, uh, they, the, the guys, stay, everybody make sure you guys stay, uh, uh, warriors, you're gonna play, they're on tonight too. Like, it's just, and you say, it's fuck so- this place, and then you say, fuck this place up. Yeah, you guys might know this one. It's called, uh, uh, Hollywood Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that name's not fitting at all for this, this song, guys. I don't know. Holy shit. <laughs> I never knew that that was their theme. Right? That sounds like a early hate breed demo. <laughs> yeah. Like, if some guy should be screaming about vengeance and justice over that. No someone, questions asked. Someone needs to do a hardcore vocal overlay on that song. That's perfect. It's, song rules. It's pretty good. Also, I you, told you. I've been listening to uh, Billy Joel a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, he fucks Thanks, it dude. up, too. Um, yeah, Billy Joel, yeah. he's. So here's the thing about Billy Joel, and this is a thing I've always wanted to do. I've wanted to do this probably, and I've never been able to convince any band I was in to do it. Um to do a hardcore version of Big Shot because the whole thing just screams for a fucking heavy ass goddamn cover. Have you heard the song? Uh, I know. I know I, the song, I know but the, I can't. I know the chorus. My outlet. Oh, just listen to this. whole thing is like in a halftime breakdown but like when it gets to the fucking chorus it's even heavier I, we gotta listen to this chorus this it, could be yeah this could absolutely be like a uh, attack attack song there yeah listen to, this, listen to this right I told me and me and uh, my Megan have been uh, talking about like because we listen to Billy Joel a lot. We should like we should go see Billy Joel um, next time he plays at like uh, at the Fenway. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they can do that. But if he plays Big Shot, I'm gonna I'm gonna mosh real hard. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think I won't be able to to start working people and just throwing my shoulders <laughs> out and like I don't know. It's just it's too fucking heavy. Dude, I dislocated my shoulder, fucked my knee up. What, what, what was going on? I was just fucking it up to Billy Joel. I just, <laughs> it was open up this fucking pit to Billy Joel. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of those components. Some songs you hear, and the best, at least in my opinion, some of the best songs you'll ever hear work in multiple genres. <laughs> yeah. Somebody took them and put them as any, another type of music. That's when you know you've really hit a, a sweet spot, you know? Absolutely. But uh, that's my number two, and that concludes my list. Oh. So what was your number two again? Oh, Jesus Christ, I don't even remember. If, oh, Brian Pillman like with it. a gun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pillman with a gun. My number two um, was The Breakdown in Big Shot by Billy Joel. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Joey, your number two was uh, Austin yeah, 316, right? Was, yeah, my two was wiped out, yeah. All, all right. right, so then we get a clean up house. Yeah, if you like the show, support your go. Go to patreon.com. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't do my number one. We're not done, No, baby. we're not done yet. We oh always, shit! I thought you were. I thought you were. You know, we're giving you the boot. The, giving the curtain call here. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, My but bad. you can go to Patreon.com/slash/MakeFunNetwork and join there. I am making progress on the live stream for the Patreon. I have, I have a lot of it done now. An issue for me is the streaming service, and I'm having an issue because YouTube will not verify my account. They won't verify anyone's account because it's broken and i looked again today at the like the troubleshooting forums for it and people posted about this 
in early March because teachers wanted to stream on YouTube to teach from home and they can't verify their accounts to stream. And that was in March. The last time someone complained about that was earlier this morning about the same issue. They haven't fixed it. So I got to, I got to figure out a workaround because I don't know. I, the, the streaming service is my big hang up now. So uh, yeah. it, it's being worked on. It's coming your way. A little uh, company like YouTube, man, they can't catch. Up I know, that, you know, I know. That's the thing that irks me the most. Is like you're fucking Google, you are YouTube. This should be a an afternoon's bug fix. I don't under should, fucking do stand. Twitch, use Twitch, man. I need a private stream though because it's for Patreon. It's Patreon. Oh only. yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's okay. the issue. Is it's trying to get up some because I can I can private stream on YouTube and I can put the link out there and I can put the link out through Patreon. Uh, what I used, what we used before was uh, was Crowdcast, but that's fucking expensive to use, and it's also to use the way I do it now with remote. There's a 20 second live feed delay. 20 seconds is a lot. Yeah. That's too <laughs> much. Yeah, you're uh, missing a lot in that. Yeah, people are gonna comment on something that I'm not even gonna remember. What just happened now? I was playing Billy Joel and we forgot what my number two was. So like, <laughs> we, I can't do a fucking 20 second delay. But I'm I'm working on it, so it should be up hopefully soon. Joe, uh, plug some stuff. Oh, okay. So you can follow me on Twitter at Joe, N-U-M-B-A-S. That's N as in John Cena, U as in John Cena, (laughs) M as in John Cena, B as in John Cena, A as in John Cena, and S as in John Cena. Uh, You can also go to WrestlingSoup.com. We're on all platforms. You can subscribe to us on literally anything. Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We've got it all. So if you want to listen to just a straight up wrestling show, we've done it now. We just celebrated our 10 years. So that's crazy. I mean, 10 years. Yeah, man. It was nuts. Well, you know, the thing that sucks is we were supposed to be in Tampa. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We had a, we had a nice venue booked and everything. Nice 300 seat fucking. Yeah, it blows. It really fucking blows. Oh, I forgot about that. that. What a kick in the dick. yeah, well, you know, next year, if there is a WrestleMania next year, I mean, WWE might realize that they're like, why even have crowds? We can just do whatever the fuck we want to and no one will say anything. Yeah. They're probably well, I hear loving- there's talk about their live events uh, pretty much not being a thing anymore. Yeah, well, why in their mind, they uh, the, the best thing that they could do in their perspective is not have to listen to anybody in their audience because they <laughs> right. just want they just want the money. Well, that's it. Like. If you're, they're probably already thinking in their head at this point, wow, we don't have to go through the trouble of traveling. We don't have to be in front of people and we don't have to be entertaining. We just make content. Yeah. But could, th- could they, could they afford to lose the door? Yeah. Yeah. If with the TV deal. Yeah. A lot of those, uh, house shows, they're not making a ton of money on those house shows anymore, dude. What do you think Where, they're going to do? Is they're going to, they're going to just do live events at the performance center and that's what they're just going to. Air? Well, it's going to take a it's going to take a good year, at least in my opinion, before they're capable of even having a building where there's 500 people in it. That's my guess because none of these insurance companies are going to underwrite policies for people to go into these environments like just regular fucking schmoes. Which, by the way, if you ask me, I don't want to be at a wrestling show until fucking 2022. <laughs> would you Would you want to go, dude? If If I'll go, I'll go right now. Really? No. Yeah. Why not? No way, dude. 
Oh my god. We all probably a- already have it, so that's fine. Yeah, I'm all I'm all set with risking certain death to see Ricochet do a fucking shooting star press. Like that's fine by me. I'll, I don't know. Have I'll, you seen him do a shooting star press? It's pretty pretty good. Have you seen Ricochet's leaked uh sex tape that he made I'm, with himself? Uh, oh, I'm gonna look for it right now. That's that's even less impressive. Uh it's just him fingering his butthole. Is that true? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I haven't seen yes. it, but Yes, it's 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 true because Fro had to go get a new phone after he saw it because he stuffed it in his mouth. He was so excited. <laughs> I, I honestly, I would love to watch it because it sounds funny. Um, oh, I just it's haven't. It's so funny, and it's it's only funnier because you're watching it and you're going, "Was this a request? Was this <laughs> a request? Like some some chick he knew was like, "Hey, can you make a video for me, man? Who needs to be on national television soon? Of you just." <laughs> just playing slap bass on your asshole can you make that for me it wasn't i thought it was like an ar fox type of situation oh no ar fox straight up did gay porn gotcha like yeah ar fox we reviewed ar fox's gay porn tape on our show (laughs) that's funny that was well Uh, you know that was a classic bit of ours it was eight years ago now was it really oh time flies by in the world of holy shit yeah. They uh did you hear about uh sidetracking since we're talking about this, that Velveteen mm-hmm. Dream is in trouble right now? Yeah, he's he's done. You he's think done. so? Oh yeah, you think? Yeah, that's that's very I I will uh let me put it into into I'll say it like this. I have so, 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 so sources that told me that it's um very real. <laughs> and nice. He's very done. Well, it's you just see this shit in your mind. Okay. Supposedly it was a uh, three different underage boys soliciting on Twitter. Three. Yeah. And in your mind, you go, okay, dude, you're tw- he's, he's young. He's only like 24 years old. But in your mind, you're also going, you're, you're rich. You got money. You're in shape. You're in Florida. Go fuck 20 year olds. Just go, <laughs> go fuck 20 year old gay guys. What are you doing? You got to do this? Ruin your whole life? I don't know. It's fucking weird to me, dude. I, it is. The, 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 it just makes no fucking sense, but he's done. He's, he'll be fired within the week, I think. There's no, no way they're, you don't think so? No, I, I just, I don't know. Cause I, I don't have, I don't have any inside sources, so I can only go off of like what I read. Well, you got to remember they fired Enzo. Well, they hated Enzo, but they fired Enzo right. be, because Enzo had, because he, he had sex with some girl who was a legitimate, like schizophrenic junkie. That would post videos online about how she enjoyed lying to people to, to extort money from them. But they fired him because of that. So if there's accusations that some guy f- from three different people, from three underage kids that he was soliciting them for fucking sex and sending them nudes, he's done. He's fucking done. What school do you go to? Right? Oh, my God. Uh, wait, so uh, Joey, is it your number one that we're on? Yeah, he's oh, the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, my number one is uh, <laughs> when Velveteen Dream uh, started working at Sonic. Um, no, I'm <laughs> All right, so my number one is actually referred to in wrestling circles as the pop heard around the world. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Do you know this wait one? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Did I skip one? You no. might have. Did you? Because this is one of the greatest moments of the Attitude Era in general. Hold on. Because you also had. I thought uh, you had a dupe. You had another dupe. Did you? No, it is. No. no, I wanted to put this on my list. That's right. That's why I thought. No, 
Okay, oh. I'm going to pull it up now. I think I know this what it is. This is one of the craziest fucking moments probably in wrestling ever. And it was only better. It was only better because the competition to WWE at the time, WWF, was WCW. And they pig-headedly made the mistake of spoiling this because Raw had been taped. Unbeknownst to them, basically what they were doing was sending people to watch one of the craziest, most emotional moments in wrestling history. And that was when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out to help Mick Foley for him to win his first WWF championship. In Worcester, Mm. Massachusetts. In Worcester, Massachusetts. Beautiful (laughs) Worcester. Right next to the Palladium. Uh, No, this was just, it was the loudest fucking thing you've ever heard on tv and it was sustained like you hear the people screaming and they don't stop screaming for about a good minute almost right and if you look in the like to set up to this though is like it's it was dx huge faction triple h hbk mankind mick foley's in the ring the rock is there it's mcmahon well both mankind and foley are there yeah they're both there they're in one body but they're both there (laughs) um to 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 Joey's point, WCW said, "Hey, go watch all of their top stars on TV <laughs> at the same time. Go watch every the, the best of the best of this company. They're all on TV right now, and they're doing something crazy. You go watch that." No, the ball. This was the balls of them at that time. The just the pure arrogance. They said, "Hey, just so you guys know, if you feel like swishing to the other channel right now, they put the WWF Championship on. Uh, you know, Mick Foley. Oh, that'll put asses in seats. Oh, they boy. had the fucking audacity to do that, and because of that, they ate a huge shit sandwich. And this was kind <laughs> of the beginning." Of the decline. This was stupid on a level that if you'd have been, I don't know, if you'd have been a shitty hair metal band in the late 80s, early 90s, if you'd have had Twitter and you'd have gone on there and said, hey, you guys, this fucking band Nirvana, you don't want to listen to them. They fucking suck. You'll never, you guys will hate this. Don't listen. Yeah, if you guys listen to that, you're going to be like, this shit's lame. And then you just completely disintegrate your fucking career. In one fell swoop, this Kurt Cobain guy sure seems like a loser. I don't think you guys will like him at all. Womp womp. Yeah, do you want to hear it? Yeah, the audio of it's underground. Look out! He could taste it again. Mr. Sacco! He's got the mandible claw on the rock. Mr. Sacco! Mr. McMahon, you gotta do something! The rock may be out! Ken Shamrock of all people. Oh yeah, hold on. When I was naming the WWE top stars were involved in this, I forgot to mention Ken Shamrock. So I just wanted to go on record and apologize. Let's not forget, he was also a part of the greatest match, one of the greatest matches of all time, WrestleMania 13. That's right. So, anyway, continuing. Top star. Hey, there's Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn on Shamrock. DX to the corporate team. I'm going oh. at it. Look out! Here it comes. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Just listen, it just goes. That's thousands of people collectively losing their minds. And it just goes. Doesn't stop. Alrighty, listen to this pop. Again when he wins. The fucking emotional investment by people in this fucking match, or just everyone, God. It will never, 
Ah, it's so. I'm so. Uh, now I'm angry. Now I'm upset. Have I, <laughs> now I'm, I'm upset. trying to think. I'm trying to think if I've ever experienced anything similar to that, where it's that just level like level of, of fuck. Joy. Like right. you talk about live. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if I've ever experienced anything like that at a fucking at a wrestling show, WWE show. I any honestly, show. <laughs> any show. Well, yeah, you know anything. I mean? Right. That's uh, well, that live. No, I definitely have not. But no, and that's and it's even crazier when you think about it because you're going. This was, this wasn't New York City. You know what I mean? Like this right. wasn't L.A., Chicago. This wasn't even Atlanta, Georgia. This was in fucking Worcester. <laughs> Worcester. Probably the third shittiest city in Massachusetts. It's up there. But the people there were so invested. People probably drove from all over the state just to come to this dump of a fucking town in this dump of arena and literally come there. Welcome to Worcester. Draw our 25, please. <laughs> and they're all, but that's it. They're all there. They all came together. And by the, by the way, keep this in mind too. This is it. A, Probably ten fifty five at night on a Monday, <laughs> right? Or, or at least, well, no, am I? Yeah, because that was when Raw was nine to eleven. Okay, so yeah. this was almost eleven o'clock at night on a fucking Monday in Worcester. This isn't Saturday night at the at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, people are ripping it up. Right, they, these are these people got to leave and go home and go to work at six in the morning. <laughs> unreal, just absolutely fucking unreal. Yeah, that's pretty they, nuts. Yeah, the road dog stops the crowd. The, the crowd, the cheering is going for a good forty-five seconds to a minute. Road dog quiets them down. Which, by the way, watching road dog silence twelve thousand people. They just, he picks up the microphone and is like, hello, I am the road dog. And they're like, everybody stop. The road, a guy in a pair of squishy pants has something to say. <laughs> and then he brings him right back up again. It's unbelievable, man. Unfucking believable. Love it. That's, there's no, there's no way that couldn't have been my number one. There's no fucking way. Yeah, it's good. And the rest are not so very cool. I like the day, Keith. Just match my two little people at home and say, Big Daddy-O did it! <laughs> Big Daddy-O did it. <laughs> Big Foley's such a fucking dork. Yeah, I know. Really I think, he, I think he successfully killed the Mankind gimmick with the fact that he's like, I have children. <laughs> <laughs> right. Me, that freak? I, I'm a freak, well, right? I he, have he wasn't the freak at that point anymore. Still Mankind. That's true. Oh my god! No, it's 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 funnier. You're right because that does kind of kill the the mankind gimmick. It's like I live in a boiler room. It's like no, you don't. You have children and a hot wife. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, your daughter's got a huge ass, just like you. <laughs> she straight I, up has McFoley butt. I thought you were representing the weirdo in a fucking basement community, and here you are with an attractive wife and money and kids. Yeah, how dare you? The Kurgans of the world. Well, I, I can send you an amazing picture I have on my phone of him uh, working a show at the, uh, oh my God, what's it? One of the buildings in Lynn. I'm, I, I've been in this building a million fucking The Lynn times. Auditorium? No, no, for wrestling shows. St. Michael's Hall in Lynn. And it's after the show, and it's just gross fucking chaos in the building. Like, you're breaking down a ring. People spill drinks all over the ground. It's just a fucking mess, right? 
post post wrestling show. Just picture post after seeing a band, except people can eat and drink, so it's even more gross, right? <laughs> so there's all this chaos around him, and Mick Foley at this time. This was not even. This might have been a year ago, actually. And he's in there in his sweatpants and a fucking flannel shirt. And I took a picture of him. I snapped it because it's just so funny. Him sitting at a folding table eating cold Chinese takeout. <laughs> and I'm just watching. And this, this is probably around 11 o'clock at night. And I'm going, man, this guy's worth like $15 million. <laughs> this guy is so fucking rich. And he's eating cold Chinese food that a fan probably bought for him. Like well, somebody, he's, no, he's, he's notoriously yeah. frugal, right? Right, but on that level, it's just so fucking funny. Right? Just, no, of course. I mean, at this point, the guy's in his mid fifties. He's got millions of dollars, and he's like, "Oh, Drews, would sure be terrible to stop at Kelly's and get a one sandwich and spend ten dollars." Like he's like, "No, no, I'm going to eat this cold lo mein from a right. fucking you know dirty Chinese restaurant in Lynn." Like it's just hilarious. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. But that. That is who he is, man. On that level, he is that type of fucking crazy person. But that's one of the reasons why I think people also connected to him so much, because the majority of people in America are the type of person that would eat cold, shitty Chinese food from Lynn in a pair of sweatpants. Right. And that's why he was there. And that's why not Matt, though. Matt will be in nice jeans. Yeah, I won't wear sweatpants. No, <laughs> that's where I draw the line. That's where me and McFoley his- part ways. <laughs> In his fancy SUV, eating warm Chinese food and pants. That's right. Fresh Chinese food. <laughs> Hot crab rangoons. <laughs> Dunking them in the fucking lobster sauce. Yeah, we know. We know the type of guy you are. Yeah, you know me. I like to roll high. Uh, all right, those are our lists. Let's go to the list of the fun butts here, because they certainly have some things to say. And also, if you want your list to be right on the show, go to makefun.network or search for the Make Fun Network on Facebook. You can join up there. You can participate in all the conversations and have your list read aloud on the show. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Uh, Drew Willingham says, uh, number one, kicking McMahon's ass in the hospital. This is the only one that matters to me. That's it. Ramadan. Ramadan says, uh, he had so many moments, but I don't know why him rolling down the ramp in the office chair cracked me up. Also, anytime, that one is actually very funny. Also, anytime he and The Rock sold each other's moves. Uh, CJ mm-hmm. Doubleday, number five, the time he drank beer, the time he gave the middle finger, the time he said that's the bottom line, the time he wore a leather vest, <laughs> the time he said, hell yeah, P.S. Frostings. Uh, Dingus actually, Adams. He wrote, heel yeah. Heel yeah. Uh, Dingus Adams, number five, that time he drank a beer. Number four, that other time he drank a beer. Number three, that one time he drank two beers. Number two, that one time he ate ice cream from stone, from Cold Stone Creamery and then drank a beer. And number one, that one time he ate a live human child from the audience. Uh, Mitch Mint, the freshest of the fun butts, says uh, number five, the hospital visit to McMahon. Number four, the beer truck. Number three, drinking beers with both Hulk Hogan and The Rock. Number two, his appearance on The Weakest Link. Hmm. Uh, that that um, oh. that episode's great. Uh, number one, beating up a guy, Booker T, in a supermarket pizza section. Yes, it was Booker T. Uh, number five, Mike. I'm sorry. Number five, Mike Dill. Number five, the very first stunner on McMahon. Number four, paging Doctor Austin. The sound of the bedpan. Uh, the bedpan maid still kills me. Number three, the beer bath with McMahon swimming across the ring. Also, yeah. Also, that's the other thing too. Yeah, 
I believe a lot of the success of Stone Cold has to do with the foil of Mick, uh, Vince McMahon. Oh, easily, yeah. 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 Oh, uh, definitely. Well, that's however that he was... didn't he didn't have that with the Austin three sixteen promo yet, like that. No. So. so him him turning heel was the season finale of wrestling. You know that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like I will claim that until the end of time. Like if you watch that now, if you watch that back. It was the epitome of basically telling the audience, hey, guys, the house always wins. Fuck you. Right. That's what it was. I mean, because that was the that was the ultimate story, not only in that era, but in wrestling history, that Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin were the devil and God, and they were going to fight their entire fucking careers. And then when when Stone Cold goes, hey, you know what, Satan? Yeah, not so bad. Why do I got to watch the show anymore? Yeah, I guess that's the end of it. Yeah, that was it. That like I said, that was like the, the season finale or the series finale of WWF's Attitude Era. Yeah. And they thought they were doing something clever. They thought they were doing something smart, and instead they kind of slowly started beginning to poison the business. But waka waka. <laughs> yeah, uh, continuing Mike Dill's list number two, his whole icy feud with The Rock, and number one, uh, his supermarket brawl with Booker T. Price check on Jackass. I love Price. Yeah, that's my favorite. He's on Jackass. No, he when he hits Booker and he goes, he grabs the microphone, goes, "Price check on Jackass." It's just the way Matt said it made it sound more like the TV show Jackass to me. Jake Pauly, number five, Pillman has a gun. Number four, brawl with Tyson. Yeah, we didn't we we didn't talk about that one. Number three, beer truck. Number two, Doctor Austin, and number one, joining Vince at Mania. There you go. This is a finale of wrestling. Travis Butcher. Ooh, Travis Butcher. What a tough name. Uh, I was too young for Stone Cold days, so mine are less matches and more clips I've seen. Number five, grocery store brawl uh, with Booker T. Number four, during one of the most recent WrestleManias, him, Shawn Michaels, and Mick Foley kicking the shit out of young dudes. <laughs> I like that description. Uh, number th- young guys. Number three, interrupting Shakespeare's Hamlet, stunning Regal, and leaving. Oh, that was a good moment. Number two, just the sheer variety of vehicles he'd bring out. Zambonis, beer trucks, ATVs, trucks. It's wild. And number one, hitting the rock with a chair and helping McFoley win the championship. There you go. Uh, Brian Davis, number five, supermarket brawl with Booker T. Number four, beer bath. Number three, Pillman has a gun. Number two, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13. And number one, his iconic promo after beating Jake the Snake, uh, Roberts at King of the Ring. And then finally, uh, Fro's brother, Ryan Brown. My man. Number five, Zamboni. Number four, the monster truck at his funeral. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah shit number three supermarket brawl number two anytime he stunned the rock yeah the rock sold it good and number one uh beer truck and those are the truck. rest uh beer truck. Yeah, truck uh yeah so that's our show uh joey thanks for joining us on a, yeah, a fun absolutely. episode uh thanks for uh, i think we we talked a lot but we were on topic that was a whole thing well i would hate to go off <laughs> I would hate to give people uh, a podcast that wasn't neat and organized. How? Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Fro? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for, for joining us. Is that what you were referring to? What? Thanking me? Yeah, I'm thanking you. Oh, hey, oh. thanks. Well, Bef- oh. No, before we go, I wanted to play this. We didn't talk about this at all, but uh, if you've never seen it before, go watch Stone Cold E.T. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, fuck so- is wrong with me? Yeah, here we go. 
You've never seen Stone Cold E.T.? No, I have, but I can't oh, believe that God. I forgot all about it. So essentially, oh, it's a guy on YouTube who wears an E.T. mask and does a Stone Cold impression and like goes through a drive-thru. Uh, but there's other videos, too, but I'll just play the drive-thru one because that's the original <laughs> one. So this is Stone Cold E.T., and I just want to order a couple White Castles to go. Sorry, can you repeat that again? I said Stone Cold E.T. would like a couple cheeseburgers and maybe a drink and I would like to get out of here as soon as possible and that's the bottom line. Hey, do you want to pull up? I can't understand anything you're saying, please. Okay, you want Stone Cold E.T. to pull up what side? Just pull up to the first window. Okay. And then he drives a car with the mask on <laughs> to the window. The way he says what, also. To the fucking window. And then he starts cutting a promo <laughs> on the fucking people. You know Stone Cold E.T. <laughs> These videos are so fucking fun. Oh, it's so it's fucking really good. If you, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen it, go watch Stone Cold E.T. Do yourself a goddamn yeah. favor. You know what? Yeah. I didn't actually. We didn't actually talk about uh, one of the worst things Stone Cold uh, has ever done. Is that it was create the what thing? Oh, yeah. I was going to say beat his wife. That was well, just... well, that's second. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'll put it this way: him beating his wife has no effect on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's married to Brock Lesnar, so it's like whatever. Oh no, no, that's no. Sable. No, that's Sable. Sable. He's uh, talking no. about Deborah. Oh right, Who... Deborah. No, no, yeah. Whatever. No, They're all he's... the same to me. Oh, how did what? What are you talking about? Blonde white women, fro? Yeah, they're all the same to you. Fucking titties, it's all the with same thing. Big fake boobs. Yeah, just, dude. You know they have names, fro. Yeah, left yeah. tit and right tit. Yeah, you gotta you gotta respect those those things. You well, gotta be I've, respectful to them. Who was Deborah with? She was with somebody Double else. Double J. She was. Well, I don't yeah, know if that was, was legit, but no. Legit. I saw just, it on TV. I saw oh, Mongo McMichaels. <laughs> Mongo That's what it was, right? <laughs> oh my all right, god. All right, we Steve Mongo McMichael? We gotta fucking end this. Alright. Uh thanks again so much, and as always, smell you later.